What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast that is presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. My name is Mitch, and I'm your regular co-host that you hear every single week, and normally I have Kyle and Boozy with me, the other members of The Terror Table, but this week we have a very special episode planned for you. This week we're going to be breaking down and discussing the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival 2020. And in order to do that, I brought on the director of the festival and the assistant festival director, Jeff Drake and John Allison. But we recorded this episode about a week ago, and anyone who has ever been involved with a film festival or anything like this knows that anything can change at any moment. And since we recorded last, things have changed. So I decided to bring John on for this intro so he can so we can fix up the few things that uh, have changed since last week. <laughs> what has changed since last week when we recorded the episode? So, uh, well, I'll start with the thing that didn't change fully. Uh, so we will end up talking about Lucky and Lucky is now locked in. So All that right. movie is confirmed. So when you hear us talking on this episode about how we might get the film called Lucky, we got it. Yep. Now, what did we lose, John? <laughs> so, unfortunately, uh, and this isn't a knock on the movie, it's just uh, sometimes things don't work out, and it, this happens all the time in festivals. Uh, we lost breaking surface. The materials aren't ready for us here up in Canada yet. So, Yeah, and sometimes that shit happens. So, yep. But it's, it's a, we're going to keep the, we're going to keep us discussing breaking surface in the episode. It's a movie that you guys should be paying attention to, keeping an eye out for in the future. Uh, but it just won't be playing at the festival this year. But I know, John, you've seen it and you think it's a great film. So I decided to leave that part in the episode. So when we talk about that, just know that that one's not going to be playing. But in its place, we have a so, different one. Yeah, so in its place, we have... Uh, just wait, just is... wait, just wait, just wait. You said this is a special, special, special screening, right? Or what do yes. you call it? Secret, secret screening? It's a secret screening. You uh... haven't even told me this. Yep, and we're telling no one this. Uh, the parts I will tell people is that this will be the first time that it plays in Canada. Uh, it has had its world premiere and everything. Uh, it is going to be after Cycle Gorman, and it's a good pairing with Cycle Gorman. And Perfect. That, what is it? I'm not telling. It's a secret screening. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. You told me that you were going to tell me on here. I know, but I lied. God, you're an asshole. <laughs> okay, so we have a secret screening the night, the opening night of the festival after Psycho Gorman, which uh, we will be talking about right away here. Yeah, and it's like the parts I'll tell is it's going to be a blast. It's a fun movie. Uh, it's different than anything else out there. Uh, we were just chatting before we decided to do this intro, and don't get your hopes up of like this is not Halloween, the new one from Blumhouse. This yeah. is a it's another independent smaller film. Uh, but it's going to be a blast and everyone's going to dig it. And it's going to be something totally different than what you expect and what you'll see anywhere else. Perfect. All right. Well, then without further ado, we'll uh, just play the episode. And uh, yeah, like I say in this episode, though, people who even aren't attending the festival this year, pay attention to this episode because these are all 16 films that you're going to be able to get your hands on within the next 12 months. And these are movies that uh, we personally think that you should be keeping an eye out for. There's a reason they're playing the festival. They were meticulously picked by the team in Toronto and the programming team in Saskatoon. Other than that, hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for coming on and uh, clearing, the, clearing the air for us, John. And we will see you guys next time on The Terror Table.
What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast that is presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. My name is Mitch, and I'm one of your regular hosts that you hear every single week. And instead of Kyle and Boozy, my other co-hosts that are with me every single week, I have a couple guests filling in for them for a very special one-off episode. Today, we're going to be talking all things Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival 2020. And in order to do that, I need the festival director himself and the assistant festival director. Uh, so welcome, John Allison and Jeff Drake, back to the podcast. So we should cheer now because you made it through that, right? Kiss my ass. Yay! <laughs> so that was the second, third. Third. Yeah, that was the third try at the intro there. I was having a little bit of trouble remembering your guys' titles, but uh, here we are. We're here to talk all things about the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival for the 2020 year and what a year it has been and what a year it's going to be at the festival. Uh, things are going to be a little bit different and that's what we intend on talking about today. Uh, but before we do all that, I think we should just catch up with Jeff and John and see what's different about this year's festival compared to previous years. So, uh, John, there's a little bit of an elephant in the room. There's a global pandemic happening. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so we... Right from the beginning, it's like, are we even running? What's mm. going on? We have no idea. Uh, all through summer, no idea. We're like, yep, we're keep planning, keep everything going forward, working like we're going to do it, and we're going to do it, <laughs> basically, yep. is what it comes down to. Um, we d This year is going to be different in that we're dropping a few things off just because we feel they're not safe, uh, of course. So, like, we're losing the cartoon party, unfortunately. We're losing <laughs> drunken cinema this year. Uh, and that I just can't see any way to encourage social distancing while everyone is getting hammered. Uh, and that the uh, post party orgy at John's house that yeah. happens every year that's all that, well, that's year. still going. We're just oh, all is? full body condoms. Yeah. Oh, god, well, mask, I, up. mask up. I just think it's weird that I wasn't invited this year. Yeah, that's deliberate. <laughs> it's yeah. totally good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're still running. Um, we're, instead of doing, like, usually we try to pack in the movies really tight, going right from Wednesday to Sunday or Wednesday to Saturday or whatever. Uh, we spread them out. We're now Monday to Saturday. Uh, two movies every night, except for Saturday. We're dealing with, I think, five or six movies throughout the day because we start, like, right at, just after lunch. Uh, and everything uh, where we gave time in between for cleaning all the social uh, making sure that the seats get disinfected things like that so we can take care of make sure we're safe and uh, that we're also um, masks are mandatory uh, the theater is very serious about this uh, we were just at screenings we just did uh, and it is mass mandatory like during the whole movie don't sit down take the mask off leave yeah. it on uh, if you're eating Take mask down, eat, put the mask back yeah. on after, uh, and that. Um, Be conscious of this. Yeah, and that. And it really doesn't mean you can't eat or can't drink. Yeah. It just means be responsible, be responsible. and be respectful. Yeah. Um, we're, we're a lot of a lot of work put in when like a lot of work and a lot of thought went into if this was actually going to happen or not. Yeah. And these are the the re the only this is the only way that uh, Broadway is okay with doing this, and uh, it's kind of a miracle that they're doing it to begin with. So I think everyone, if they're respectful. Should be good. Yeah, and like we're um, the it's assigned seating when you come in, uh, and that uh, you will be uh, you get to choose which seat you want. They have set, they have a diagram right at the front, uh, and what they're actually doing is they're actually as you take a seat, they mark it off on this sheet uh, and everything, and then after the movie, that's when in between movies the person goes through and cleans up based on the sheet uh, and that and they might wipe down all the all the seats and everything that's been sat in and that. So everything we can do to make it safe. 
uh, is being done uh, in that. Uh, I've been kind of watching. Uh, we're, truthfully, I think we're one of the only festivals in North America uh, that is actually in person yeah. uh, this year. Um, I want to say it's because we're really extra careful and all that, but it's also because we are a smaller festival with a yeah. really big theater. Yeah, we so, do have a big theater. Yeah. That's so important to know. We can spread out. We can be safe. We yeah. can do the things that are required uh, in that. Um, so, yeah, so, like, it's been an interesting year programming-wise, and we'll talk about that coming up and stuff and everything. But the festival itself, it's still at the theater. We're doing the passes. You can come to individual movies. Everything we do normally is all there, except for the stuff that we can't do because of COVID. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Jeff, uh, in talks of merchandise, because I know every year we have an awesome booth set up where there's always posters of all the films. Uh, there's the Saskatoon Fantastic merchandise loaded up on there what's going to be happening with that this year because obviously that's a general place where people would end up crowding around and socializing when they should be socially distancing what what, what kind of uh, precautions are we taking this year in regards to the merchandise yeah the merchandise uh, table is very popular because we're at it right so Absolutely. people are obviously <laughs> yeah. hanging out and visiting and uh, it's a bit of a bottleneck so this year we're going to go online with their merchandise we're just exploring some different options there uh you'll still be able to purchase it uh, we've got a uh, new design. If you've seen the posters that we've been promoting, uh, so we hope to get that on some merchandise, but we're still uh, sorting that out right now. And as soon as we have those details, we'll let everybody know. Absolutely. And all of those things are things that you could find on all of the social media platforms. And Saskatoon Fantastic is active on all of those now. We have an Instagram account that's going as of today, yeah. <laughs> the recording of <laughs> yeah. this, uh, that's going to be very active. Jeff's handling the Twitter. We got John is always on Facebook because he's 80 years old. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can also visit the website, but all of all of our different safety precautions and any kind of information that you could want to know about the festival can be found at any of those places. And you can also send a message to anyone at any time. Yeah. And like with any concerns. And we'll have everything up. Like uh, I just took down the website. Uh, so I can get ready to post the website back up because uh, there's a lot of work that goes into setting it up. Uh, so skfilmfest.com, uh, it'll be back up on this. Uh, we're probably actually, this is probably, we're doing this in advance, so uh, it will be back up by the time you actually listen to this. Uh, and that, uh, also the Broadway Theater, their website, uh, broadwaytheater.ca, uh, will have information about everything. The other thing that I just remembered is also different this year is we do do audience voting. Yeah. Uh, this year, we're going to do it online. Uh, yeah. That. So it'll be a big poll at the end of the festival. Most so hopefully viewers still use, utilize that and vote online because that is such an exciting part of every year's festival to see which was the most popular, less popular. And uh, it hel it helps the programmers and the programming team and everyone, all you guys figure out what kind of, what Saskatoon wants to see. Yeah, And we've had years where the small little independent film uh, won the festival and that something like Did Me Extraordinary Metalhead won? Metalhead won. Oh, that's a fantastic yep. movie. That's a great movie. Uh, um, Extraordinary. Oh, shoot. It was up right near the top. Uh, there was that year, there was a bunch of stuff that was really, well, really was good. Oh, Vast of Night won, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. God, that was amazing. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's all the like uh, boring stuff out of the way. <laughs> what else? What else is new with the festival, John? Before we we're gonna we're gonna go through the entire lineup this year. We're gonna go film by film, give you guys an idea of which what these movies are, why you should see them, and why you should come out to the Broadway and be safe with us. Yeah. Uh, so the new thing this year is we are starting up. Well, we started up a programming committee to help out the programmers. 
So the programmers are the people who go out, get the films and that, and the final say on what actually gets shown. The programming committee is all local people uh, and that. Um, and we're trying to have a nice balanced uh, committee and everything. And their responsibility is to kind of watch anything uh, that the programmers feel that they like that they get that we should have them watch. Plus, also anything that's submitted to us that makes it through yeah. a screener committee type thing, uh, and that. So it's really another body here in Saskatoon itself uh, that can really help inform the programmers and broaden the horizon, and also build up the community here in Saskatoon, which Absolutely. is one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. Yeah, and that. Yeah, and they could, so it's important for people to know if they aren't familiar with this that the entire programming team for the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival previous for the previous ten years before this uh, was you and the team in Toronto. Yes, or uh, it's been fun because it was me. Yeah, <laughs> it was you at the beginning. <laughs> it was me, yeah. uh, and it's kind of growing over time. Uh, year not every year by year, but every few years, it's add another person in, uh, try to become more diversified, all that kind of stuff, uh, and everything. And but, so we're yeah. just continuing to keep growing. Absolutely, and the ter- the team in Toronto has done an incredible job in these last couple of years. Obviously, uh, if you were with us last year, we had Joe Dante out this year. It's crazy; he's coming back. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Can't yeah. believe that guy's coming back to Saskatoon. Yeah. Okay. He's actually driving across the border yeah. and everything yeah. right now. And he's going to hang out here 14 days. Yeah. And that, no. Uh, no, but yeah, they've been doing a great job. And it's it's really exciting for the city here to know that there's some people, you know, kind of, so to speak, on the ground floor, attendees of the Broadway theater frequently. Um, who do we have in Saskatoon helping out? Uh, so we have you. So we have me, <laughs> uh, Mitchell Oliver. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen some of these movies. I'm going to talk about them today. And because Mitch always has to bring up Courtney, we invited Courtney to join. <laughs> Courtney Sperling, her yeah. own person, not attached to just me because I'm a man. John, that's rather rude. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, Courtney Sperling, she's a Saskatoon programmer. Yeah, I thought she had more better things to say than you did, actually, at the meeting. So I'm Kiss really glad. Kiss my she- ass. <laughs> I- oh, my God. Uh, and then we have uh, Jay. Jay Luke. Yeah. Uh, he's a yeah, fantastic cinephile, uh, very knowledgeable cinephile, and uh, he's been attending the festival for a long time, so it's exciting to have him on board as well. Yeah, and like it, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Like it, it was a different experience this year of being able to actually do some programming with people in person. Yeah, uh, and that where really we've always done programming over Skype, over uh, WebEx or whatever, uh, and that, and it's always worked really great and it works great. But it was just fun to actually be. We sat around a fire. Yeah, sat around a fire and we all stood like and, 10, 10 feet away from each other. We were all like scattered across John's backyard and being safe, but talking about movies. That was one of the best nights of the year for me, uh, which is depressing. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. is depressing. Yeah. But no, it was great. I love talking about movies with you guys, and that's what we're going to do now. So uh, now that we have that out of the way, uh, you can now understand why I'm uh, chiming in on some of these movies, the, the ones that I've seen. Like, uh, we'll talk about them a little bit. Um, yeah, let's, uh, should we just start off from the opening of the festival or how should we go about this guys? Yeah. When I was making my list, I just kind of went in, in the order that we were screening and everything. I, uh, so first off, just so we don't have to hear just you this entire time. Yep. Can we have Jeff cut in at a, uh, okay. So he just has to, he just has to over talk. Okay. uh, Start barking at him. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Talking about programming. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say we watched. <laughs> oh, John, how many movies did we watch? Probably a hundred each. Yeah, around there. Uh, it's hard to say because uh, there's 
a lot that we were submitted, a lot that we were watching through Fantasia, through other festivals and that. Uh, yeah, and, you guys uh, were out scouting. Yep, basically. Try, trying yep. to acquire films. Yeah. You guys attended uh, the online Fantasia this year where you watched fuck you guys were insane yeah. it was like a week and you'd watch 50 movies i love how kyle and boozy always shit on me for the amount of movies i watch i'm like have you met john uh, yeah <laughs> but then through the rest of the year i burn out yeah in that where you just kind of keep staying at that high level the yeah entire I'm, time. I'm i'm sick yeah <laughs> so we did we probably watched i'd say a hundred between all the different sources to bring you the top 16 yeah that's exciting. Saskatoon in person. Yep, absolutely. I saw 23, I think, was my count for the screeners. And uh, yeah, it's uh, even it's just tough narrowing it down even from 23. You guys had to narrow it down from much higher than that. <laughs> it's, it's always fun. There's so much stuff that we want to show that we don't get to show and uh, that. And this year has a very had a very different feel while programming, yeah. of course. Uh, but there's still a lot of really good movies that we're kind of like, oh, we can't show that because we have to fit it in. Yeah. And also, uh, I was meaning to say this at the beginning, but if you're listening right now and you're not a local listener, like you're just one of a regular teabag, as we call you, uh, and the the reason to stick, stick around for this episode is not only after we go through this entire film festival from beginning to end, just naming off the movies and what they're all about, uh, Jeff, John, and myself are going to just share our thoughts on some movies that we've been taking in. We're just going to have an, a regular tear table conversation at the end of this episode, but we want to get all the business out first. Um, but you should be paying attention because these are movies that you're going to be able to see eventually. Uh, they're movies that you're going to be able to get. You might have an online festival in your town. You might have a festival happening. These are movies that are making the festival circuit right now. So these are ones that we can guide you and let you know what you should be watching and what you should maybe stay and, away from and truthfully i'm i'm fully upfront about it there's even a couple of them that are out on vod by the time the festival starts absolutely so there's stuff there's stuff on here that uh, you could we just showed and well i will talk about that at the end of the episode as well but we just showed amulet and uh, 12 hour shift last yep. weekend and those are both out are they not yeah they just came out okay yeah so those are movies that you can now find online you can rent them for yourself on vod uh, but yeah, I guess without any further ado, let's get on with the festival. Okay, Jeff can take the next 16 movies. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, John. <laughs> so we're start off with Monday. Uh, this We're start, kicking off on a Monday night, Monday, November 23rd. John, I think you should start with the, the yeah. opening movie because you were a big fan. Okay, fine. Um, so uh, the first movie we have is Psycho Gorman. Psycho Goreman. That's yeah. a movie that's been going around on Bloody Disgusting like crazy. Like people have been, the horror community has been popping off about this movie. Yeah, if uh, if you kind of follow the, like the independent horror scene, there's a group called Astron Six. Uh, they no longer exist. They've kind of split up and are doing their own things. Uh, one of the guys from it, Stephen Kostansky, uh, he's the one who does the majority of all the practical special effects and everything. Yeah. And he's, he also, he's a big name. Now. Was he not the director of The Void? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, so totally different movie than The Void. Yeah, and uh, we we actually brought the synopses for these things. So yeah, I'll let's read it. share I'll read the synopsis. Uh, siblings Mina and Luke unwittingly resurrect an ancient evil alien overlord. Using a magical amulet, they force the monster to obey their childish whims, get ac and accidentally attract a rogues gallery of intergalactic assassins to small town suburbia. It is. Yeah, it's over the top. It's all practical. You have men in suits, women in suits, uh, tons of blood, tons of gore, tons of comedy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that it's more of a comedy than a horror. Uh, it's comedy sci-fi. 
And very bloody. Very bloody, very gory. It's like a it's like a horror comedy Power Rangers movie is the way that I pitch it to my friends. Yeah, yeah. With <laughs> a bit of guar marks. Totally. Yeah, guar <laughs> guar fans of guar will like will definitely dig this one. This is a movie that when uh, you told Courtney the other night that this is going to be opening the festival, her jaw dropped. <laughs> She's like, what a way to open. Because like, we uh, we love this movie. Like cool. we, we had a ton of fun watching this one. Um, and the, the bonus for anyone in Saskatoon, if you're coming out for this one, is uh, Prairie Records is right across the street. So <laughs> you can hit up the pot shack right before you see Psycho Gorman, and I promise you it will help. It, it's a blast. Yeah, it, it, it's... For me, it's okay. So, like during the programming meeting, we're talking about this thing, and it's like the girl is so friggin' annoying. But that's the point. Can confirm. Yes, and that, and it's the young, yeah, three for three there on that one. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and you get the young girl power tripping, uh, and that, and having the ultimate monster with her, and that forcing the the brother to do things, all this shit going on, and that beating up things, forcing, it's just so Did bad. you guys, this is very, because you guys are a very different age demographic than I am when this would have came out, but do you guys know what the movie Steel is? My, the, With Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah. <laughs> That's what this reminded me of. It's like Steel, but like super fun and for adults and crazy and bloody. So for those of you who don't know, it's basically that same synopsis. But <laughs> I remember it coming out. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it did not cross. Now I'm like, okay. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry to bring that up. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a blast. It's uh, like that that whole crew, uh, Stephen Kostansky and them, uh, and all those guys. Like some of the people from Astron 6 are in it and everything. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. Like it's totally. just uh, we wanted something fun to open. High energy. High energy show like, hey, this year isn't gloom and doom. Uh, yeah. in that like that's the we whole got point. that too though yeah we got that too <laughs> but, but that's the whole point of the festival yeah. is to like let's forget all that shit for a, like a week yeah or uh, let's now. have let's have uh you know a variety yeah we got variety that's what Saskatoon fantastic film festival has always been known for and uh st- kicking off a of psycho gorman we're off to a good start yep all right so psycho gorman what's coming up after that uh next up after that monday november 23rd at 9 30 Breaking Surface. Uh, that's a movie from Norway. Uh, did you want to say something, John? You were going into. Do you want me to read the synopsis? I can. I got it here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so it's a movie from Norway. Uh, we want to bring you international films. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah. Sorry, I, I moved the mic. <laughs> uh, so the synopsis here is: a winter diving trip in Norway turns into a desperate race against time for two sisters when one of them becomes trapped on the bottom of the ocean. Uh, so very visually stunning film. It's a thriller it's listed as, uh, but there's some great underwater tension. Uh, and uh, Norway looks beautiful. I want to visit there after watching this film. Totally. I, I haven't seen this one yet, but uh, you guys showed it at the beginning, I believe, of Amulet yep. on the weekend. We showed the trailer at the, fe- at, uh, the screenings. And this is totally mine and Boozy's type of shit. <laughs> so Boozy, if you're listening... This one's for us. Yeah, it's pretty much like, let's treat it real. It's, it's like not, the, de- the yeah. descent, but without the monsters, but underwater. Yeah, um, very much. like It's, it's a realistic, it, it is claustrophobic. realistic survival very, tale. You're yeah. like, running out of air constantly, things like that, yeah. trying to get tanks up and down, trying to do anything, not being like, they justify everything really well. And that, like, it's not, it doesn't feel forced. Do they adjust, do they discuss uh, how they're talking underwater? Because some people have an issue with that in 47 meters down. And I realize in the trailer they do that in this as well. Yeah, they're wearing masks and they have mics. Okay, they didn't no. in 47 okay. meters down. <laughs> but okay, yeah, yeah, if they have mics, then that makes sense. 
Either way, it looks awesome. I, yeah, this it, is one I can't wait to see. It's tense. Uh, my my favorite thing about it, it was really just how much I cared for the characters. Yeah, uh, and that and that's what really sold it, sold me on it. Uh, especially if you're into scuba diving, this one could scare the shit out of you. Totally. And we have a lot of scuba divers in Saskatchewan. We do. <laughs> I'm sure we do. I know we have we have scuba diving shops. We have to here. have a club that listens to your podcast. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so that is breaking surface. What's up after this one? Um, I can go this one. Uh, so is this Tuesday? Yeah, we're now on Tuesday, November twenty fourth, and we're starting. So every night, seven nine thirty, uh, pretty much all the way through, except for Wednesday, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, and that, uh, but uh, this one kind of is we're now branching out, and that we're doing something different. Uh, our Tuesday night is going to be Punk Night. Uh, so we got two films based on kind of the punk theme. And that uh, the first one is a film that's won tons of awards. Uh, it just won the best film from Nightstream uh, Film Festival that just happened. It's won all over the place. I think Calgary Underground it was the winner too. Uh, and it's Dinner in America. Uh, and it is uh, an on-the-land punk uh, rocker and a young woman obsessed with his band go on a series of misadventures through the decaying suburbs of an American Midwest. And it's a really smart, really fun comedy uh, where you care about the characters and that it treats them really, it's really honest totally. uh, and that, and it's quirky and different uh, and that, and there's some really neat, interesting stuff that goes on with the characters and everything. Uh, but yeah, you'll just get sucked in with these characters and the story and the music's pretty cool in it too and everything. And Absolutely. That, so yeah. And when, uh, when we were talking about this at our like little Saskatoon programming meeting, uh, Jay, one of our programmers, he, uh, one of our Saskatoon programmers, I could have sworn the guy was going to bust out into tears talking about this movie <laughs> he loved it so much and it's starring uh, Kyle Gallner who people would know from uh, movies like he was in The Haunting in Connecticut and uh, Jennifer's Body so, The Nightmare on Elm Street remake like, so it, I got a trivia question for you let's hear it do you know who the director is of this movie and what movie he directed without no. looking it up <laughs> I just saw his name but no I don't know uh, it is the director of Bunny Game do you remember that horror movie I don't think I've seen Bunny Game. You haven't seen it? Oh, man. No. Okay. But it, so. the IMDb ratings are 3.5 out of 10, so it looks like it would be uh, woman, real good. woman gets kidnapped <laughs> and held in the back of a semi-truck and tortured. Was this the one that you were showing with the Suskas movie? No, no, no. That no. Was, okay, that this was, was this is like extreme like torture porn. So do you um, like this one? It's interesting. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I know how such, you are about your snuff films. Yep. It's a very different movie than Bunny Game. Uh, and that Uh, but it was just kind of you can it's interesting to see someone who takes very much it is pretty much like a snuff film and then makes something like this with really heartfelt characters and really cool story and great music and like it's such a change on everything but you can still kind of oh this is someone who's counter mainstream doing something different absolutely that so it's really neat kind of the fact that it's both so it sounds great that's dinner in America on Tuesday at 7 and following Punk Night after Dinner in America is Uncle Peckerhead, uh, American movie with uh, slated as a horror comedy. Uh, when a punk band scores their first tour, life on the road proves tough when they are joined by a man-eating demon as a roadie. Uh, it's very funny, uh, very gory, but uh, uh, also very impressive is the music in this film. The music is amazing. Totally agree. I second that as well. Uh, I love this is it's just it's a really fun road comedy uh that's very bloody uh anyone who's been in the the music scene or played in the you know like a lower end independent band where you've done 
some small tours to big tours or anything like that, or if the things didn't go out the way that you thought they were going to go, this movie's going to very, it's going to connect with you. I think this is a great movie for Saskatoon. Uh, you know, I could be a little biased as someone who grew up in the punk and metal community in Saskatoon, but this is a movie that I think is going to speak to a lot of my friends and uh, it is available right now. I know that you yep. can get it, but I highly encourage everyone to stick it out and stay, wait to see it at the festival because this is the type of movie that plays great with an audience. Yeah, and we're going to convince the uh, projectionist to really turn up the volume for the, for the night for this one. That's a really good idea because this, this is, a, you know, in a lot of these like punk horror comedies or just punk horror movies, even Green Room, like I come, that's one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years and I saw it because of the festival. Um, in a lot of those movies, the bands aren't good. Like they're just, uh, you know, they're, they're not very talented and that's a part of the story. But what's nice about Uncle Peckerhead is that it's centered around a band that's very talented. It's and the that. music is very good. I, I love the fact, like, when you, if I was thinking about watching a, a, music, a movie about a punk band or about any band, I'd expect kind of this band look. Yeah. They don't have the look of a band, but when you put what they're doing, it all fits together. And it's like, yeah, they're good. Yeah, <laughs> like, this totally. is really cool. Yep. And I would pay to see these in the, these guys in the band, audience. Yeah, for sure. And I know, yeah, anyone who's out there who's fans of like the Hard Times, uh, the satire punk website, you can follow it on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. It's it's hilarious. I know some of the people who worked on this movie worked uh, worked for that uh, website as well. So it's it's very good, very very mu- a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'm trying to see if we can turn like Peckerhead into the same thing as Butt Boy. Oh yeah, maybe <laughs> good Peckerhead. <laughs> John, well, John have you, or of, Jeff, have you seen Peckerhead? <laughs> oh, I've seen Peckerhead. <laughs> not the same. Yeah, not the same. <laughs> All right, so that is Tuesday night. That's punk night. What do we got for Wednesday? So uh, Wednesday is going to be interesting because uh, right now we're, um, we are recording ahead of when we're announcing and that uh, we are working on one film right now, uh, trying to get it. I believe we're going to get it. So everything I say coming up is hopeful. And if we don't have this movie, then we don't. Uh, but before we get to the movie, we start off, uh, the plan is six o'clock instead of seven. Uh, we're going to start off with our short film block. Um, we're the programmers for that a separate team of short film programmers are actually meeting coming up right away. Uh, and that in the past, um, and what I've heard, I believe the theme may be like fire ice and something, uh, and that like they're, mm. they, they basically sound like there's a lot of cool stuff about elements. Awesome. Uh, this year and that I'll find out soon as I meet with them but that'll be the short film block uh, and that and that we do like even if you don't have a pass you're welcome to come out it's free and that and everything uh, and that so that's six o'clock uh, and then and it's the- really great too I just want to throw in uh, I, I watched a lot of the showcases and, and short films blocks at Fantasia there was the three different ones and there's some amazing stuff being done right now that people are getting their name out there doing some really uh, different and really interesting stuff so uh, the short film block doesn't draw as big as some of the uh, other features usually, but come out and see the shorts because they're amazing. And actually, everyone who comes says it's actually a highlight of the festival. I think actually. it's always one of those things yeah. that uh, it takes all it takes is one time for you to go to the short film block for you to be a, a frequent for the rest of your life. Yeah, at the and, and like and it's like we're jumping ahead right now, but same thing Saturday afternoon when we start talking about that. It's like we've built these slots 
which you need to pay attention to yeah. on that. Like, it's great, yeah. Psycho Gorman, all these other movies, they're a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. But then we have these blocks which people just don't expect, and you, like, oh, come out, and it's like, holy shit, this is actually really good short films, yeah. or why on Saturday afternoon? But yeah, last like, year yeah. was, last year was, that was one of the highlights for me for the festival was the short film block, and uh, there's just, it's such a great array of variety and it's it, I know we ended off on a real tear trigger last year yeah <laughs> I remember the lights coming up and the whole theater was like god damn <laughs> <laughs> did that deliberately yeah um but I'm a jerk uh so yeah so the film we're working on right now uh is Lucky from Brie Grant Brie uh, Grant all yeah. right so this is uh she was the writer and director of 12 Hour Shift yep. she was in After Midnight which is one of my favorite horror movies of the year so far um and she's in a couple of the movies that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Uh, Nat, uh, oh, I have a synopsis being pushed at me. Uh, Nat, <laughs> Grab it and uh, hold well. it in your hands and <laughs> speak into the mic. No, I can just do this. Uh, so basically, I can do this one without a synopsis because it's pretty, it's pretty well, straightforward story. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll be the judges of basically, that. Basically, uh, you have a woman who is attacked every night by a masked stranger. Uh, and it happens over and over again. The people kind of just, everyone she tells kind of just accepts it. And that it's just part of what's going on. Sounds like a delight. Yeah. Uh, And it's very cool, very interesting. It's kind of like Black Mirror. Okay. Uh, and that so it's got some horror elements to it of course like there's an, an attack on, like every night but it very much is that what's going on this is weird why is this and like let's look at the culture let's look at all the stuff going on in the world and that and the way people treat women who are suffering violence all that kind of stuff so it's like really there's a lot to it uh and that but it's also a really great smart thriller in, in the vein of like black mirror yeah and that's something i just got to say about you guys in in general because i know this is uh, only my second year being involved but something that the saskatoon fantastic film festival has always been good at is tackling uncomfortable conversations or subjects that you know could be triggering for some people in the audience but there is a reason you guys are choosing to show these things. It isn't ever going to be just a straight up rape revenge movie. If you, I'm not, I haven't seen Lucky yet, so I don't know if that's the case. Uh, I'm gathering that that is a little bit of the synopsis there. Um, it's got like it's. We have a couple movies this year, uh, yeah, kind of like that are going to go along these lines. And I've seen, and, yeah. I've seen one of them, and uh, all every time that you do make a decision to show something in this vein that might might be uncomfortable for someone in the audience, there is a reason it's being played, and it's not to just get a reaction out of you no and it's, it's to open a conversation we're also and, very big on trying to uh and we're uh we're we're doing okay we're not fully succeeding i don't think we'll ever fully su- succeed on this but we want to program films by women for women and that that also men can watch and we'll take something from the same from different ethnicities from yeah. like cultures that's really important to me uh and that and that's part like it would be so easy to just yeah fuck it we'll just program the same kind of straight up male horror slasher in the woods all the way through and there'd be some people who'd really dig it but it's not challenging it's yeah. not like we want to it's challenge. not what the sff yeah. is about right yeah, so this is one of those movies that I hope by the time this has actually gone live that it's been locked in and we're good. Uh, if it hasn't, keep watch on like, and it will be yeah. out on VOD eventually, and that, and make sure to watch it there if if we don't get a chance to play it. Absolutely, I'm just so excited to see Brie Grant again. She's been killing it this year. She's been killing it. Yeah, she's in a ton of stuff. Yeah, she's in a couple things that we're talking about today. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, Jeff, what do we got next? Uh, and also on Wednesday night is a Malaysian horror film called Row which is Malaysian for soul. Uh, and 
The synopsis I put together is very vague on purpose because there's a lot going on in this film and I didn't want to give anything away, so I'm just going to say an isolated family gets a visit from a strange little girl with a frightening prediction. And I'm just going to leave it at that. It's very um, smart movie. It's it's very interesting. You really got to follow along to really get everything that's happening in there, but it's a very clever movie. Uh, it's uh, directed by Amer Iswan, and it's his first uh, feature film that he's done. Awesome. Yeah, so that one sounds very cool. So that's a straight-up horror movie that people can come see from yeah. a different voice, a Malaysian voice. Yeah, we, we I don't know if we've had any uh, melee films before or not, uh, but uh, we've definitely like had Thai, had like different... Oh, yeah, different Indonesia. Indonesian and stuff like that. So it's just another, like, let's yeah. try to get something in really cool. Uh, and it did really well down at Nightstream also. Absolutely. Uh, so we I discovered my love for Indonesian horror because of the festival. Yep. So that's uh, hopefully going to happen with Malaysian horror as well. Uh, this next night, so we're, we're going on to Thursday now. This is a super exciting night for me and uh, for everyone in our city. If you're attending, this is a very cool. Uh, it actually kind of ties into what you were talking about before, John. But yeah. like, let, let's hear about it. So what do we got Thursday night? So on Thursday night... Uh Hopefully by the time this has gone live, we actually can announce that we have a guest coming out. Maybe, uh, and that is she coming? She might be uh, coming or coming. over on Skype. Might be coming. Oh, uh, where's she coming? It's from Canada. She's or it's she's from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that is like so Jesus. bad. <laughs> she's not coming anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, she. Uh, we don't. Horror like, fans, listen up. Yeah, we're talking right now with her uh, in that, uh, and it's Amelia Moses. Uh, Amelia Moses. She's yeah. an upcoming. Or she's now like, obviously, I've seen both of these movies, and I can say yeah. that she's going to be a very big name in the horror game. This is the first time we've ever had two films from the same director in the same year. Yeah. Uh, and that uh, what we have is we have uh, Bleed with Me and Bloodthirsty. All right, uh, so what's the synopsis of Bleed With Me, which is starting at 7? Yeah, so uh, during a winter getaway at an isolated cabin, a self-destructive young woman becomes, con oh, sorry, becomes convinced that her best friend is stealing her blood. Yeah, very interesting concept. Very well executed. Really creepy. little, small, disturbing, creepy, thriller, uh, yeah. isolation, three people, is something going on? Is she just suffering from some type of like yeah. breakdown or that? Or is her best friend stealing her blood? Absolutely. And that. These um, are both movies that have a lot. There's a lot for you to chew on, even if on the surface it seems like there's not a lot to them. That's the best thing I, I could say about them is that there's so much to say with so few words. Yeah, and it's really cool that uh, like uh, Lauren Beatty is the actress. Yeah, uh, she's in both of the movies. Yeah, and she's everything fantastic. And that, um, yeah, this was like we caught this at uh, watched at Fantasia, really loved it. Uh, and then it was like, yep, nope, I want to program this. It like it, that same thing. It, it kind of. I don't want to say checks the boxes, but it's like, this is what we're striving for. Yeah. Uh, and that, and we can show someone with a distinct voice and that. Uh, Not only and, that, but it's also just very, very good. Yes. Yep. Like, that's the thing about these movies is that it's, you didn't just pick them because she's a female director. Nope. We, wa we walk away from a lot of movies that. Or female directors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the, or, these are, yeah. the, this is like, mark my words right now, horror fans. Like she, Amelia Moses is going to be a big name in the genre yep. going forward. 
Yeah, and then I'm going to do the next one because I, I, I want to talk We about fought it. about this before we started <laughs> recording. Next one is Bloodthirsty. So I'll read the synopsis and then I'll say what I think I should say. Also produced by Michael Peterson, previous guest of The Terror Table. So you can go back a couple of weeks. We had him on the show to talk. He was the director of Knuckleball and producer of Harpoon, which yeah. you showed last year at the and, festival. And we might be announcing that he's coming out and we're... Uh, doing a maybe a producer's workshop one day that's awesome i love yeah. that guy so i'd love to actually meet him in person yeah it's gonna be like this kind of just all like it was like oh look we have this really cool movie that we want to show oh look she has another cool movie oh let's watch it oh this is really good too and it's oh it's also someone we know yeah michael peterson and that and it was just like all these tie-ins and it was like hey can we do this like, yeah and i don't i don't want to uh I don't know how you guys feel about choosing favorites. I know it's not really the thing to do, the professional thing to do, but Bloodthirsty is my shit. It is my shit. Bloodthirsty is awesome. So let's hear about Bloodthirsty. Yeah. Okay, so this is the official synopsis. Uh, Gray, an indie singer whose first album was a smash hit, gets an invitation to work with a notorious record producer at his remote studio in the woods. Together with her, gr- her girlfriend, Charlie, they arrive at his mansion and work begins. But Grey is having visions that she is transforming into a monster. And as her work with the emotionally demanding Bond deepens, the vegan singer begins to hunger for flesh. As Grey starts to transform into a werewolf, she begins to (laughs) find out who she really is and discover the family that she never knew. What will, ta- what will it take to become a great artist and what at what cost to her humanity? So the discussion was whether or not you, we should tell people it's a werewolf movie. Yes. And it's in the friggin' synopsis. Okay, but it's also in a, it's not in a lot of synopsises that Jeff found. <laughs> uh, let's point that out. Jeff found multiple synopsises that didn't include that. And it would be a cool surprise, yes. but I'm with you. I'm personally with John in saying that this is a werewolf movie. It's not the general type of werewolf movie that you're expecting, but it's something new. It has it's something it, it has a new voice and a new idea to inject into the werewolf subgenre, and that's the best thing about it. And I, I really dug the like so going in I'm like, oh relationship thing going on with got older guy, woman, all this stuff. And but they do everything so smart. Yeah. And that and it really tells a really great story. Uh, and this synopsis is from her website. so it is the official synopsis so i am totally fine with saying werewolf movie checkmate (laughs) yeah awesome movie uh that's one that i'm personally terror table fans or terror table listeners mark that one down so it's thursday at nine Uh, go to both of them uh, yeah yeah. go go to the whole festival it it will be sad if we can't get them out but i think like hopefully it pans out and stuff like that even even if you can't even if you can't uh you're about you're gonna see two really cool horror movies with a very distinct voice from a different voice yeah, and if you want to check out uh, some of her earlier work, those are this is her first and second features, but uh, she did a short a couple of years ago called Undress Me that's available on Vimeo, uh, and you'll get an idea of her style, and, and it's uh, really character-driven, lots of gore, really interesting female lead, like uh, the, the feature, so it's... Absolutely. It's really who's, the, who's the lead in these films again? Uh, what's her name again? Uh, Lauren Beatty. Lauren Beatty, yeah. She is so good in both these movies, but I really think she steals the show in Bloodthirsty, obviously. Well, she's more <laughs> the focus. Yeah. In, yeah but, she, it, she's the lead. In. But she has a lot to work with in Bloodthirsty, and I, yeah, it's it's a great movie, and I'm really excited for the city to see it. And great music in that one, too, Absolutely. to follow with our yeah. theme. Uh, yeah. I believe she's really singing because she's in a band called The Doze. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, she's very talented, very talented. The music's great. 
Cool. So that is Thursday night. So now we're going on to the weekend. John, are you uh, looking at Dreamcatcher? I've never watched it, actually. Are you serious? (laughs) Serious, yeah. So as we're recording this, I put on the VHS to Dreamcatcher, Stephen King's Dreamcatcher, Tom J. Sorry, Donnie Wahlberg's Dreamcatcher. (laughs) You haven't, you got it. Man, this movie is a masterpiece. I can't believe we're already at the end. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Friday night. Um... So on Friday night, uh, we were pushing some boundaries here, doing something different uh, and that to start off. Uh, and we're showing a movie called Jumbo. Uh, I don't have the synopsis here, but Jumbo is uh, a young... A chick wo- who fucks a tilt-a-whirl. Yeah, basically. But it fucks her back. It fucks her back? Yeah. Okay, so I haven't seen this one, but this is one that I wanted to see. But through a series of events, I wasn't able to see this one. Yeah, but that sounds so graphic. It's <laughs> it's actually, it is a very cool, sweet movie that is not, like, it, there's... It's different. Uh, yeah, it's, um, like, it's quirky, different. There, It's written by, uh, written director by a woman. Uh, it's a really strong story. The relationship feels natural between her and this machine uh and that but it's all the people around that her that she's also dealing with and everything uh and it does have this fantastical uh feeling to it uh and everything it's very much uh fable fantasy uh type movie uh and i don't want it downgraded by the way we kind of talk yeah, about it sorry no, uh, yeah. yeah no <laughs> i know I, the pro- I, programmers yeah. uh, felt very strongly about this one yes yeah, yeah and, they uh, had a good like reaction they were, they were, it was uh this year started out with a ton of really strong art house style genre films uh, that were playing around the circuit uh, and everything, and this is one of them. And that, and yes, they they love this movie. It's cool. uh, it's French too, yeah. as you just mentioned. And uh, Zoe Wittick is the director. It's, uh, every movie we're showing Friday is a debut feature for each director. That is insane because the next one you're going to talk about, that blows my mind. That's a first yeah. feature. My heart can't beat unless you tell it to. Uh, American horror drama. Um, two mysterious siblings find themselves at odds over care for their frail and sickly younger brother. Uh, this is one of the highlights of the festival for me. I just love this film. The atmosphere... Um, the buildup of the characters as you as it slowly tells the story and you kind of figure out what's happening is just uh, really fantastically done. Uh, and Jonathan uh, Quartus is the director and it's his first feature. And I did read online he shot it in 20 days. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's uh, insane. It's, it's pretty yeah. crazy if he did. Yeah, and star a- and starring Patrick Fugit from one of my favorite like lifetime favorite movies is almost famous. Uh, he's the young writer in Almost Famous, and we have Ingrid so. Ingrid Sophie Scram is in it as well, and she's she's fantastic. She's in Phantom Thread. Um, this this movie, man, yeah, this was one of the highlights for me as well, and uh, it's definitely it's in my number two or third spot of the whole festival. I loved this movie, and I think this is definitely it's a it's a new take. It, can we spoil? It, this isn't a spoil. Would it be a spoiler to say what kind of movie it is? Yeah, I think so. You think so? Because that's <laughs> okay. The same well, with the werewolf discussion. Though. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a fable. It's a fantasy type tale. Like that's where I'm yeah. going to go with it. Okay, that. that's, like, yeah, it's, that's all. You, that's all you got to know. But there's yeah. there's definitely a heavy horror, heavy horror element. Oh, through. sorry. I'm my heart. Sorry. My okay, heart. My heart. Kept, the, you got to turn this thing off. I got to turn drink because <laughs> I'm like back John, on jumbo. John's okay. just watching Dreamcatcher now, and I'm I'm back on jumbo still. That's sorry. Okay. That's, what about my heart can't beat unless he tell it to you? And you. also, people don't don't let the Fallout Boy song title 
ruin it for you because <laughs> uh, that is like it's it's what you'd expect from like uh you know the early 2000s emo bands have the song titles that are a novel long uh this movie man it's so good but can we yeah but come up with an original title like that when you call your it's true when you call your movie lucky and then you're trying to search for it online to get the synopsis you get 100 movies come up so. very true yeah. yeah you got a good point there but my heart can't beat unless you tell it to is a highlight for sure uh, so make sure you're out for that one. That one is on Friday at, uh, this is the 9 o'clock screening, is it not? Uh, yes. It'll be, it'll be 9, I okay. think 9.30, all of them, but yeah. All right, so that's one that you definitely want to make it out for. What do we got going up after that? So Midnight, uh, this one's probably our weirdest midnight in a while. Uh, get the hell out. It's a uh, J exclusive. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the synopsis is, Taiwan's parliament turns deadly when a virus transforms politicians into ravenous zombie mutants. Uh, this just premiered at TIFF Midnight Madness. Uh, it's doing kind of hitting a bunch of festivals and everything around, uh, and that all virtually, of course. We're the only ones in person uh, and that. But it's total chaos. The It goes into all the stuff that goes into, like, what actually goes on in politics and stuff in Taiwan and all that and everything. But you throw zombies onto it. You throw batshit crazy stuff just happening to everyone weird characters it's all over the place weird fun yeah. silly apparently yeah. very heavy on the taiwanese meme culture meme culture is a big thing in this movie so it's a it's a fun one it's goofy it's yeah. out of control uh one of our saskatoon programmers jay luke he absolutely loved this movie he was giggling his ass off the whole way through <laughs> Um, so that's uh, Get the Hell Out. Yeah, and another, uh, the director's name is Ifan Wang, and it's his first feature to fill out, first feature Friday. I just made that up, John. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. First cool. feature, is Lapsus, is this next one a first feature as well? Uh, Lapsus is Saturday. Okay. <laughs> we, we are now moving on. We are moving on to Saturday. <laughs> yeah. We are on to Saturday now. Yep. Uh, so you want to cover Lapsus? Sure. So uh, let me just... Uh, Precursed Saturday by saying if you can come on Saturday and and make uh, time to sit through all five films, you're going to leave very satisfied. You're going to say, man, I just saw like the full gambit of films here. Uh, the first one lapses is a science fiction film that we've that we're showing, uh, and it's uh, struggling to support himself and his ailing younger brother, Delivery Man Ray, takes a strange job in a strange new in the strange new realm of the gig economy. So it's a it's a really smart satire of gig economy, uh, but it's also a really critical kind of look uh, at the you know where we're headed as as a as a race uh, and a science fiction spin on it. It's really really interesting. Absolutely, really, really cool, strong performances and the, and everything. Uh, the main character is this weird kind of looking guy who just kind of falls into doing this stuff he and doing the i don't want to go too deep into it i'm trying to not spoil anything but it's basically they have to do this kind of menial task and he just kind of falls into it and he's doing this and he's suddenly gaining more than anyone else yeah. while doing it and yeah. it's just like kind of what's going on why what then it's just weird sci-fi trippy yeah really and the, cool. the task is super weird and doesn't make any sense and seems dumb but it also seems like oh yeah but we could we could totally be doing that next year half of what social media and that <laughs> yeah. forces you to do so it's like yeah it's just kind of following along with it yeah and that so, awesome yeah. all right and what do we got coming up after that so this After one, lapses. yeah, so everyone who knows, uh, like I kind of mentioned before, Saturday, like 3 o'clock is kind of the, this, and it'll be 3.30, I think, but that 
late afternoon Saturday slot is where we try to fit the coolest weird movie in. Uh, whether it's a horror movie, whether it's a drama, whether it's a sci-fi, whether it's like whatever. Uh, and it's the movie where you walk away and hopefully it sits with you for like the rest of your life <laughs> is kind of my thought when we like program stuff like Dark Song and like... Can uh, confirm. Yeah, all these really cool, weird movies. Uh, and what we're showing is Black Bear. Black uh, Bear, yeah. baby. And this is a filmmaker at a creative impasse seeks solace from her tumultuous past at a rural retreat, only to find that the woods summon her inner demons in intense and surprising ways. Uh, it is a drama. It's not... Not a horror movie a at horror all. Movie this at is all. not yeah. a horror movie at all. It's starring Aubrey Plaza, Sarah Gadon, and Christopher Abbott. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, this, I think, was like your one of your favorite? This is my favorite movie of the year. <laughs> uh, this is like, I was... This was so far... Um, Clear your schedules. Like like Jeff said, I think that Saturday would be a great day for you to have no schedule and just come and watch all the movies because there's such a great variety here. Uh, but Black Bear is personally a movie that resonated with me on such a strong and emotional level. I thought that this movie was an absolute masterpiece. And I'm not, I'm not, I, I know, I actually, I don't throw that word around uh, very often, I, at least anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, <and> so, <laughs> I, but I do, I do truthfully think that this is a cinematic masterpiece. I love this movie and I, I, I have no idea what critics think about it. And it was, it was really cool for me to be able to have an experience like this. And John, you were just saying that you want to have that. I have a real, so my experience with this is going to be strange uh, because, so I saw this early on uh, and we were at that time of the year, the festival was looking really, really kind of art house heavy uh, in that. And we had a lot of art house horror and uh, that. And then we have this movie that comes in, which is more art, more drama and that. And I'm like watching it and I'm halfway through and I'm like, this movie's so cool, so amazing, but I don't feel we should play it. And yeah. that I sh I feel we shouldn't. It's like uh, we're just going to we're we're going down the art house route, and we're trying to we are a genre festival, and that where we try to push boundaries. But this is like going the opposite direction. So I kind of like message Scott. I'm like, dude, I just quit this movie. You need to program this for the festival, not for the festival, for the theater, yeah. uh, and that. And then it's just kind of worked its way all around. Uh, and because of the comments from the programming committee, because of the rest of the programmers. We're, they're like, yeah, no, we, this is, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. We'll show it uh, yeah. and that. And I really can't wait to actually now go back, watch the entire thing yeah. all the way through. Because watching it halfway through is a disservice to yourself. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where I wanted to save it when I could really yeah. focus. And yeah. I'm like, this is going to be really, really good. This is the type of movie that like it's, if you can, if you can avoid trailers, if you can avoid pretty much anything about this movie and just go into it. I also, I don't want to scare people away with the art house stuff because I, while I agree that it definitely does have an art house edge to it, I think it's so much more than just an art house movie. I think that this is a phenomenal drama and a good character piece on every level. I think um, Aubrey Plaza, I like uh, in my review for to you guys, I felt like this was a tour de force for every character in the entire movie. Like I just felt like everyone was at their absolute best. And this is why I love cinema, not just horror movies, because this is not a horror movie at all. Terror Table listeners, this is not a horror movie. It is a dry drama, but it also happens to be exactly what I love about movies. Like I... I had such a strong connection with this movie and I can't wait for the city to see it. Yeah, and like Art House can like like anything can get a bad rep. There's a yeah. lot where it's like, oh look, it's like, It's starring Aubrey Plaza though. It, like yeah. they're, they're, and, and like the, Christopher Abbott. These is, are both names that people not know. That 
generic no. oh look we got we we paid for one big star yeah. we're doing something it's kind of a little quirky and weird no this is like an amazing movie the and only... that's why i quit because i'm like i want to focus I on know, this when yeah. i'm not paying not doing the festival and like you were saying that like whenever you try to program that saturday afternoon movie this is that movie for me john like i'm, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life like this is a movie that i just like i it connected with me on such a visceral level and i loved i loved it um, so I highly recommend people clearing your schedule for that one. Uh, that is Black Bear. What do we got after that? Uh, <laughs> my second favorite of the festival. <laughs> after that, we're going to switch it right up. Yep. Uh, this is a... Tone changes. <laughs> a Canadian movie uh, written and directed by Dusty uh, Mancinelli and Madeline Sims Fewer, and it's their first feature film. Uh, it is a horror revenge movie, and it is crazy. Fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. It's fucking nuts. Uh, a troubled woman on the edge of divorce returns home to her younger sister after years apart. But when her sister and brother-in-law betray her trust, she embarks on a vicious crusade of revenge. Uh, it's it's a revenge movie. It's super smart. Um, it's well thought out. Everything makes sense, even when you're questioning what's happening. Uh, and it's probably going to be really true to life for a lot of people that might have trouble... Uh, watching it. It could potentially be a triggering... This is where I'm talking about where this could be a movie that could be triggering for people. But yeah, th for me, this is... There's so many rape revenge movies where I just... Screw it, I'm not watching it. Why yeah. would I bother? Uh, and that. It's the same thing over and over again. It's like, yeah, let's just enjoy the fact that she they get revenge. And that's not what... Th that's. I don't think that's what it would be like. I don't think this is... Let's this is a this 20 is, this is a 2020 conversation and dissection on what is consent. Yeah, and, and I think it's phenomenal. It's a dark, it's a hard watch. Uh it's Very a, hard. it is a horror movie. It's disturbing. It's everything that makes your skin crawl. I am so excited to watch the audience watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz like I when I watched it, I jumped off my couch. Yeah. At a couple parts. And uh, it, yeah. while Jeff was saying, yeah, it is uh, written and directed by Dunson Man Dusty Mancinelli. <laughs> it's also co-written and directed by, uh, or wait, you are, you said that, Madeline Sims Fewer. I sure did. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I totally <laughs> missed that. But she's the also the star of the film. Yeah. yeah. The star of the film is uh, one of the co-writers and directors in the movie. And she also gives a phenomenal performance. This and Black Bear back to back. And with my heart can't beat unless you tell it to, still in your brain, man, are you guys going to have a traumatizing I know. weekend? I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is going to um, be a heavy. It, 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 so I've been like messaging back and forth them a little bit, uh, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't think we can find a short to play in front of this." And that, and I'm like, "You have three shorts. We could play one of your shorts." And their response was, "Yeah, I don't think we should." Uh, yeah. And that, like, it's it's a heavy movie. It's either a the character in the, sh the other short like it's she's an actress so she's in both movies and it's like no they just don't match up it's not gonna it's gonna cause like it won't make sense and it will like just hurt people and that and then or it's the theme like and have like oh no it's too much if we put multiple of her shorts together like the short and this together yeah. and that so like yeah it's it's going to be like it's going to be one of those challenging watches uh that is going to be very very rewarding and that, and you're going to be pushing some boundaries with yourself yep. and everything. And that to me is you're cool. gonna you're go if if you're very upset about it, obviously don't don't put yourself through something that's going to yeah. make you uncomfortable or ruin your day or anyway. Um, but this is a movie that that it has a conversation, and it has something to say, and it's not just pointless violence, and it's not just pointless 
uh, torture for who you see on screen. Yeah, this this it, to me is what horror should be. Actually, this, this <laughs> is a, this is a movie that you guys are going to be leaving the theater and you're going to be talking about it for a couple of days. Yeah, okay. And I think that there's nothing better you can say about a film than that. Yeah. Well, uh, I loved, not only love this movie. Not only you know we put a lot of time and effort into choosing the right movies, but we also put a lot of time and effort into the schedule itself. So what movie's going to follow what movie? So. After this one, John's uh, gonna gonna lighten things up. Uh, so I was about can, to make a joke about we're, like, we're gonna go show Serbian film or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. <laughs> so <laughs> stick around because we're gonna lighten up the mood after that one, and that was on purpose. Yeah, we uh, we really did feel like uh, like at this point, like we've had like lapsus is not challenging. It's good, smart. Black Bear is really smart, really like that, but it is pushing into there. Yeah. And then Violation will really challenge you. So then we're moving to the Paper Tigers. Is this, on, so is Violation, sorry, is Violation closing Saturday? No, no, no. That, there, is no Sunday. there is no Sunday. Oh, right, correct, sorry. Yes. I'm, that was my. Oh, Violation's right in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, Come down. perfect, yeah. yes. Yeah, no, actually Violation is our final movie of the festival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. once again, uh, if you want before Violation, hit up Prairie Records across the street. <laughs> yeah, please no, don't. Don't, no, 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 don't, don't do that, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can joke about this stuff, but it's like, it is such a powerful movie, and it just, yeah. uh, like, it's an important watch. I agree. Uh, and that and I agree. As yeah. someone who despises and, rape and, revenge and, movies i love i yeah, love and madeline Simsfure is an up and one of the yep. same it's, she's, she's phenomenal up, her shorts are amazing coming up the she's an up, upcoming director and that who i think we're gonna hear a ton i'd from. say the other guy's kind of upcoming as well well they both are yeah and that it's a boner joke <laughs> <laughs> all right continue what do we got going uh, on yeah <laughs> so we talked uh we mentioned uh lighting things up we're going the paper tigers uh and that so yeah, we wanted to have like let's end the night, let's have fun, let's do two movies that will people will walk away having had a good time and everything. That's the best way to end the festival is everyone happy at the end, uh, and that. And what we got is the Paper Tigers is three kung fu prodigies have grown into washed up middle aged men who now kick. Uh, who, who no, sorry, uh, middle aged men now one kick away from pulling their hamstrings. But when their master is murdered, they must juggle the dead, their dead-end jobs, dad duties, and old grudges to avenge his death. Uh, this is uh, Bao Tran's uh, first film as the director. Uh, this one's really, really cool. Uh, one of the things, uh, so if you're kind of following the festival circuit, uh, there's what's called markets. Uh, Fantasia has a market uh, in that. And that's where people come and sell film ideas in that. So there's the industry comes to these things. Uh, he came with this idea for the movie. Uh, and that there was actually big interest in this movie. He refused to whitewash this movie, basically, uh, the direct Baltron, uh, and that he wanted this movie made the way he wanted to make. It wasn't, let's go get Ryan Reynolds. And or Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, like, it's no, let's get, let's be real about this and that. And he's made a love letter to, like, Shaw Brothers films and things like that, and it's a modern-day take on it with the, the Sifu and everything and that. Uh, the action's a lot of fun. The comedy's like really, really smart in it. Uh, it's so heartfelt. Uh, you walk away with like kind of just a nice grin at the end after of like, yeah, we got to see some cool action and it was just, these are cool characters. It was fun. You'll need there. that after Violation. Yeah. <laughs> sounds yeah. perfect. And that, and yeah, it's like, it to me, it's one of the high points of the festival of, I love these kind of movies where people just walk away feeling good. This was the first one you locked in. Yes, actually it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was actually during Fantasia. I was like, ah, I want this and that. Yeah. Uh, and you everything. fought hard for this one. 
Yep. It's uh, a John Allison original. Well, there's a couple <laughs> of us. Uh, uh, Andrew Mack, who's one of my programmers, is, is he's big, a big fan as well. He's a big fan of Shaw Brothers and all yeah. the martial arts movies and that. So when, often when you see the martial arts stuff, it's often a lot of it is him and me pushing uh, and that and everything uh, and that. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's gonna. I think everyone's just gonna have a really great time uh, in that. It's like we've done some of the some of the martial arts, which are just silly movies on uh, that. Uh, we've done some which are the historical. Uh, and that, and this is just a, like a modern retelling, uh, and it's got the whole like death punch and everything like, and that, so it's got all those little bits and pieces of, oh, Hey, they're the guy who can just touch someone and die and, Perfect. That and everything. Yeah. And it's got, yeah, it's just sounds like blast. fluffy, fluffy fun. Yep. Perfect. And then what do we have closing out the festival? We've reached the very end of the Saskatoon fantastic film festival, 2020. Yep. Uh, so this was the, I think this is the one I pushed the hardest for out of all the festivals, uh, all the films uh, and that. Uh, and this is Bloody Hell. Bloody uh, Hell. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this uh, got some really cool reviews coming out of Nightstream. Uh, if you don't know what Nightstream is, just so you know, it's like there were, uh, with COVID going on, five of the festivals were not able to run this year. So they all got together in the States and they actually made a mega online festival uh, in that. So they like had a weekend and uh, maybe four days or whatever, and they packed in a ton of movies and everything. Uh, and this was one that the reviews came out and it was just seemed like so much fun, so cool. Uh, and what it is is uh, the story of uh, a hero who stops a bank robbery, ends up being put in jail because he stopped a bank robbery, but he's kind of everyone treats him as the hero. He gets out of jail, ends up uh, deciding to just get away from it all, goes to Nor- Norway. Uh, when he goes to Norway, um, he is kidnapped and basically a cross between the family from Hills from Eyes and Sound of Music. Uh, the Hills have eyes and Sound of Music. Yes. Have kidnapped him and it's him surviving. Oh, and he also probably has like post-traumatic stress disorder because he was actually a soldier in the military and he sees like himself and talks to uh, like a... So it's a quirky, weird... Is it quirky? It's very quirky and weird and totally silly, totally messed up. Uh, Safe to say it's bloody? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And and it's going to be a blast to end on. Uh, Everyone's going to have so much fun. Perfect. uh, And And I know you always put in a lot of work on how you're going to close the festival because that's going to be the impression that... People leave with when they spent a week at the Saskatoon Fantastic yeah. Film Festival. Yeah, we want them to be challenged and enjoy stuff and that, but really by the end, you should walk away just at the end of that. Oh, that was fun. For yeah. example, did you not close one festival with Deathgasm one year? Yep. Yeah, that was awesome. That was yeah. such a great way and to leave the festival. Heavy, heavy Trip another year. Yeah, Heavy Trip was, uh, I think, two years ago. Yeah. The Climax year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was the year after Climax. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it's like, it's just kind of one of those perfect kind of endings for the festival where everyone just like walks away going, wow, that was extreme and silly and fun and gory. And yeah, this is, I was fully entertained. Tons of fun, really interesting character. And as he talks to himself, he's figuring out how am I going to get out of the situation? And then his himself is talking to him to help him decide how he's going to do it. Uh, Tons of edits and cuts and different angles and stuff. It's a really interesting visually move uh, movie to watch, but uh, uh, lots of fun. Uh, and then I was reading more about it, and the screenwriter, um, Benjamin uh, Robert Benjamin, he was in an airport, and uh, 
he saw a, a family uh, looking at him kind of weird, and they were speaking in their native tongue, and he couldn't understand what they were saying. And from there, he wrote what he thought they would do to him if they captured him. <laughs> and he wrote the entire uh, synopsis and had most of the screenplay done before he caught his plane, and then it turned into this movie. That's so amazing. Like super crazy. I love that. That's awesome. Cool, guys. Well, that is the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival 2020. Um, so if you have any more questions about that, you can reach out to any social media platform. You can also send an email to, uh, John at skfilmfest.com. Perfect. And, uh, yeah, but and Jeff at skfilmfest.com. There we go. So. Yeah, actually, actually just, oh, screw it. Just send everything to him. Yeah, send everything to Jeff. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, we're, we're obviously, we're, we're not done talking today. We're going to still talk about movies, but before we get on to what we've been up to personally, if you want to stick around and just hear some movie recommendations from the three of us, uh, I do want to touch base on, we do other screenings throughout the year. We just finished doing one screening, uh, or sorry, four screenings this weekend. Um, but what do we have coming up next? Let's start with that. So Jeff, could you tell us about Nail in the Coffin? Yeah, Nail in the Coffin is the uh, next movie that we've got at the Broadway Theater. We're partnering with uh, Prairie Pro Wrestling to bring uh, a wrestling documentary about the wrestler Vampiro, uh, who's getting up there in age and uh, he's deciding what he wants to do with the rest of his life. Uh, he's had 26 concussions and he's not as uh, um, quick as he used to be. Uh, it's, uh, it's a very um, real film, a very heartfelt film. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, great to see it on the big screen. Absolutely. So what day was that again? That's uh, Saturday, November 14th at 7 p.m. Saturday, yeah. November 13th. 14th. 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 And that is a movie that I highly encourage. If you're even on the fence, even just a little bit about coming out, look up the trailer for that one because I can't think of anyone who wouldn't be interested in seeing this movie. Uh, even if you're not a uh, wrestling fan, myself. Like, I barely know anything about wrestling. I think you've had, like, four wrestlers on here. Yeah. You've been doing multiple <laughs> shows. You are now a wrestling and fan. I know. Give it I, up. You I, are one. No, I talk to Mitch Clark, like, almost every day. Like, he's become, like, one of my, <laughs> he's become, like, one of my good buddies. <laughs> like, uh, but, no, and, and I told him about this, and he said that he's like, that would be a very fascinating movie. Like, someone who's, uh, you know, Mitch was in the UFC, and he's in Prairie Pro Wrestling, and he's a pro wrestler. And I'm really excited for it. But the trailer that we were showing all weekend at the screenings, Looked awesome. It looks great. So I highly recommend people check out that trailer. Uh, so once again, that is called Nail in the Coffin, and it will be playing on Saturday, November 14th. And uh, you guys want to quickly touch on this weekend before we go on to what we've been up to. So on Friday night, Dark Bridges, the Broadway Theater, and the Terror Table presented uh, a 35th anniversary screening of House from 1985, followed by a 35th anniversary screening of Fright Night from 1935. 1985. 19, sorry, yeah. Not, <laughs> I would love to see the Fright Night from 1935. I've been spending a lot of time in the 30s this year. Like, <laughs> the, like I've been going back to all the Universal monster movies, so that's where my brain's at. Uh, but yeah, 1985, so 35 years uh, since these films have come out. Um, I'm just going to start off by saying that I didn't expect these movies to be played. These were my recommendations when we were first thinking about what we should do for screenings. I was like, how about House and Fright Night? And then you said that you're like, hey, those are both 35th anniversaries. And I'm like, perfect. Uh, but I didn't think anyone would go for it. And uh, we did it. I have this, it's so I'm strange in that like with all these movies from the 80s, uh, in a ton from the 90s, I watch them once. Mm -hmm. And then they, I never go back. And they build up in my head too, of being better than I think they actually are because I haven't watched them in 30 years. 
uh, and that. And watching these again for the first time, I'm like, wow, okay, like, House is bizarre. And how Seems much like shit Mitch they, might know his shit. Yeah, well, how much <laughs> Mitch might know what the, he's talking about. I, <laughs> these are both great movies. Uh, Fright Night's way better than House. Okay, see, that's what I wanted to know is uh, yeah. it seemed to me that you guys enjoyed House more than Fright Night. I enjoy House, the experience. Yeah, well, House but is... It's I a, don't think it's a better movie. I think it's a way worse movie. Oh, it is. But the thing is, House... Uh, Jeff, let's hear from you. Like, what did you think of House? Oh, I enjoyed House more than, than Fright Night. Yeah, but, and I assume that, yeah. But, but I'm with John. I, I hadn't seen these movies since they were new 35 years ago. And I remember House being hilarious as a youngster. Yeah. Uh, it's not so funny anymore. Um, it's way not it's like in a theater at, at home i always have fun with house but in a theater where there's more people you realize just how not funny house is yeah because it's a it's a vietnam yeah. it's a vietnam movie yeah it's so dark at times and then some of the humor just doesn't click but then it's also like you know they're trying it's for a it. legit horror movie though, yeah I think. and then but yeah. it's also trying to be scary but i also found like there's a lot that didn't scare but when you put it all together it works. Oh man, Steve, just, Steve like, Miner. Steve Miner is a genius. So we got Steve yeah. Miner who did like he directed Warlock, Halloween H two O, but most importantly, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Like he <laughs> cha- he saved that fucking franchise. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Or he cre- honestly, he's just as he much saved of a cre- it from Part One. He's just as much. <laughs> no, he's just as much of a creator of oh. Friday the Thirteenth as Sean S. Cunningham, in my opinion. Which Sean S. Cunningham yeah. was also a producer on House. Um, but yeah, I, I had such a great time watching the on the big screen. I love the score of that movie, so it's it's a lot of fun. But but what I took away from it this time, and this is probably my you know eighth or ninth time seeing House, is that this really isn't a funny movie. Yeah. <laughs> like no. it's it's really not funny. It's no. very dark, yeah. and then it seems funny because the practical effects are insane. There are some incredible practical effects in that movie. But it is not a funny yeah, movie. Well, and, and the practical effects feel like they're... Tri- no, sorry, they, the practical effects, just looking at them... Feels like Evil feels Dead. Feels like it should be funny. Yeah, it feels like Evil yeah. Dead 2 or something like yeah. that. Like, uh, it's very... Like, the, they're so over the top. But it's... Uh, it, I think that there's a really strong performance at the center of house. And, um, yeah, with uh, William William Cat playing the center. And then we have George Went, who is the neighbor... He's famous from Cheers. That's Norm from Cheers. So you got yeah. Norm from Cheers in a horror movie. Well, and the lead was the greatest American hero, right? Yep. Right. Uh, yeah, well, correct. I was trying to figure out during the movie, what happened to him after that? <laughs> yeah. Like, where, where, I know he didn't just disappear, but I know, I think he did a little while after. And then, yeah. like, did he just stop making movies? I have no yeah. idea. I don't know. I don't, but yeah. either way, I say that House is definitely one of those movies. I know um, I've tried to get Courtney into House. I thought she liked House, but apparently she told me when we programmed that we were showing it, she's like, fuck, I did not like that movie. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, what? how could you not like House? And then uh, I made her come to the screening, and she loved it. She loved it on the big screen. It, it, it really does change your perception of something when you can see it on the big screen and the way it's supposed to be seen and with an audience even though the audience was small for that one (laughs) (laughs) well it's like this this is interesting times absolutely i i I don't fault anyone for not coming um i do think uh, while we're on the topic here uh one of the best things about this past weekend for me was realizing how lucky we are to have such an intelligent audience we do like the Sestium Fantastic Film Festival, the Broadway theater in general has an intelligent audience. They have really great people working behind the scenes there, Scott and Kirby and the, all the staff, like they're just great people who really care about human beings and 
you know, art comes second. They are very passionate about art, uh, but that's not the main priority for for the Broadway theater. And it was amazing that they they were willing to put this on. Yeah, no, they've worked slowly into opening. Where the other theaters, like all of them, like open up and they're just showing any old thing, whatever they yep. can get. The yeah, I, and it actually, it'd be cool to go watch Empire in in the theater again too. Like yeah. that'd be cool. But it's like, okay, you've now done that twice. Yeah, uh, and that like where they're going to pick and choose. When uh, when when like people listening right here from like abroad. When's the last time you saw House playing at a local theater? That doesn't happen. We are so lucky to have the Broadway <laughs> theater and people like Scott and Kirby and you guys and um, everyone to be down for honestly my crazy idea which was house and fright night uh but let's talk about fright night now which is in my top 10 favorite horror movies of all time i have multiple posters of fright night in my house i love that movie um it was a dream for me to see alive i was very happy to hear that there were some people in the audience who were huge fans of it as well and were happy that they could finally have a chance to see it on the big screen um but i needless to say i loved it again uh but once again less funny then, uh, yep. like, it, it is less... The, the comedy is great in Fright Night, but it's not through, It's not rampant throughout the movie, and that's, you know, not... That's not, that's not a negative on the movie at all. It's just the movie is a genuinely good, scary movie as well, I think. And the, I think that's what threw me off the whole yeah. night. Was, so it's actually I was, good. I, well, no, not that it's good. That it was, like, <laughs> I was going in kind of expecting, just because it had been so long and because what my mind turned, because I was, like, uh, 15 when I watched these. Chris Sarandon. It became, like, to me, they're, these are joke, silly, fun, comedy, horror movies, and they're not and everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, and they treat them, both of them try to treat it serious and that and everything. Uh, and uh, and yeah, like I, the Fright Night's a lot of fun with all the like the all the references to like um, Vincent Price. Yeah, Vincent Price. All the stuff like the Hitchcock stuff they bring in. Yep. Things like that. Uh, I do think I would have done a little bit different once they actually get in the house and are fighting the vampire. I would actually have the vampire do some more shit during the actual thing. Yo, that's, that's why you're not a vampire, John. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stand outside the window and look in and be creepy. No, get in and kill them. Have you seen a vampire movie? <laughs> All they do is stand and be creepy. Yeah, but he's so powerful, he should have just killed them. I know. If there's any... like, there's And no, my movie would have been over after five minutes. There's nothing that. I would change in Fright Night, and that says a lot coming from... like. Evil is in that movie. Like The character yeah. Evil is the most grating and annoying character but I think he's very important to the success of that movie by him being so annoying. Yeah. And I know Jeff and I, we both watched the remake after we got home as well. Solid. It is good. Solid. I Man. haven't seen it forever. And yeah. it's, it's, yeah. And see, that's a movie I remember in 2011 when it came out. I went in with my arms crossed. I waited until the Rainbow Theater. I waited till it went to Rainbow because I was like, fuck them for remaking Friday Night and fuck <laughs> them for making it in 3D. And then I went and I'm like, wow, that's a great movie. <laughs> It's it's a lot of fun, and they they change it up enough in cool ways. I love the riff on Chris Angel yep. instead of uh, Vincent Price, and yeah. uh, Colin Colin Farrell is decent enough. He's no Chris Sarandon, but the late great Anton Yelchin, man, God, that's the worst. It's always the worst watching Anton Yelchin and stuff now because it hurts. That, and uh, McLovin so as uh, McLovin as the yeah. remade uh, Evil. Yeah, yeah he, he's no, way. Yeah, he, they made some really interesting choices. Yeah. There's some uh, the, Tony Collette as the mom. Yeah, I love that she doesn't buy into it. Like, I love that this is one of the only one of the only movies where you can think where I can think of where the parents believe the kids. 
I love that idea yeah. in that movie. So I think watch both the remake of Fright Night and the original. They're both great it, in their it, own it way. It did make me go watch the trailer. I haven't got around to watching yeah. it yet. Because I had never the, watched uh, it. Yeah. The dance the the dance scene between uh with the vampire and the high school girl uh that made John cringe in the first one. <laughs> they they pay homage to it in the second one and it's uh, or in the remake yeah. and it's, is it uh, less it's good. Is, is the movie less ra- rapey? Like that. He's a vampire, John. <laughs> I don't care. It's, I think it's the fact that she's spo- like, I, she's it, charmed by him. I yeah. know. He's trying to destroy Charlie. Know, but he's destroying Charlie. She's like supposed to be fifteen or sixteen. Do you think a vampire is just like, hmm? Are you eighteen yet? Okay, well, call me I when you just, are. It was creepy. <laughs> of course, it's creepy. He's a vampire. Yeah. If you're three hundred years older than someone, what's another? Exactly. 10? I don't exactly. Ha- okay, so I don't have a problem with him being creepy. It was the way they filmed it, and her response. And your boner and that you got. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, "Oh goddamn, this is turning me on." <laughs> it was just uh, something about it just set like kind of like the my alarms off, and it's yeah, I know, it's, it's I, I know and, what you it mean. It threw me off. Like that's the thing. When I know watching what you mean. It, it threw me off because I'm also like, because I'm also like. Well, I also know she's not like fifteen. She's like twenty something, and that uh, yeah. and everything. So it's less creepy, but it's still fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> well, that. there should be no surprises here, knowing that uh, House and Fright Night are still very enjoyable, very enjoyable. I, I movies. did enjoy both of them. Yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. worth definitely worth checking out again. And uh, if you're out there, you're listening, and uh, you know, once the stuff calms down, I don't know what the, your situation is in your city, but if you have the chance to be able to screen movies or show show movies. To your city, House and Fright Night are both great options. They're they're good ways to get reaction and to also give your give your audience good quality movies from the eighties. And uh, if anybody's got a Big Ben uh, costume from House, I'm interested. Yeah, because yeah, you were saying that you would have bought one of those sex dolls if they would have started making them looking like Big Ben a long time ago. Well, you're paraphrasing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a little bit of paraphrasing. But let's go on to Saturday night. We showed um, Amulet at 7, which is a movie I knew nothing about either of these. Actually, I knew about 12-Hour Shift, but I hadn't seen the trailers for either, and I kept those. I kept them fresh. So I went. So we saw Amulet at 7 and 12-Hour Shift at 9. John, you want to take Amulet away? Oh, sure. The movie I left during. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you've seen it before, I'd seen though. It, I'd seen it. So I was the one who actually programmed it, so I'd seen yeah. it before. Uh, <laughs> it was just funny because I'm also like, I haven't watched it in like three months, four months. You probably and, have uh, a better idea of what happened than we do. I don't think it's that confusing. Okay, like, so Courtney and I had a conversation afterwards that made me bump my score a full star. Like, <laughs> like the guys going through purgatory is basically my take on it. No. No, that isn't it. He never died. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, you no, I think he did. You guys, no, he didn't. No, I think he, there's a good chance he. There did. is a good chance that he did because they, did, yeah, there's a chance, but I didn't catch it either. But the, it's a, it's a very cerebral, um, yes. it's a cerebral haunting creature so, so horror movie. We, let's sum it up. Let's sum, let's sum it up. So basically, uh, there's a soldier who was a lone guard at a border checkpoint, I think in Estonia or something yeah. like that. Uh, he ends up in London after he's doing odd jobs. Uh, he gets in a little bit of trouble, loses his money, ends up with this nun who offers, needs him to help out this young woman. Who is played by Dolores Umbridge, the most hateable woman on all of Earth. The the nun. Yeah, she's the (laughs) nun. So I'm talking about Umbridge from Harry Potter, if anyone's wondering. Have you ever seen the movie Wetlands? Yes, I have. So that's the young woman in it. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that. But I will say that I didn't even know she was in this movie. So when I first saw her pop up, like I literally went. (sighs) (laughs) Because she is so good at being the worst. Yeah. And she's great in this movie. But yeah. So the, the guy is basically there to fix up the house of this young woman and her mother. And her mother is living up in the attic uh, where she's basically, they're basically saying she's, she's passing away slowly, dying slowly, but going through some weird shit and that and everything and that. And it's a creepy, disturbing, ha- not haunted house, but stuff going on in the house. Yeah. And creature. Really, yeah. Creature. Demon. Monster. Movie. Possession. Monster. Possession. Possession yeah. yeah. And that uh, and everything. And yeah, I, to my take was really that it's just him going through Don't. purgatory and mm-hmm. going through everything and that and stuff. I think this is the kind of movie that's going to get a genuine reaction from everyone who sees it. And uh, some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. Yep. Courtney loved it. I thought I didn't like it. But after she explained a couple things to me, because she's a smarter person than I am, because she's a female, um, <laughs> she actually made me like the movie more. She made me like the movie more when I was like, oh, I didn't pick up on that, but that makes sense. Uh, but regardless, it's a, it's definitely a movie that you should check out. It's 2020. You guys are all sitting at home anyways. Like, look this thing up. Yeah, it's out on VOD. It's, yeah, it's, one, on. it's one we were, I would have pushed for the festival because yeah. uh, it's one of those different horror movies that has something yeah. to say. Even though I didn't love it, I would have pushed for it as well because I think it is something different. Yeah. It's something different. So that's Amulet. And then we close out with 12-Hour Shift. Jeff, what's 12-Hour Shift? Uh, 12-Hour Shift is a... Um, uh, one at one twelve hour shift in a hospital with a nurse who is uh, participating in an organ um, black market ring involving McFoley. Yeah, <laughs> answering to McFoley ultimately. Yeah, yeah McFoley is the big bad in this one. Yeah, but he's not in it much. Yeah, but he's still the big bad, <laughs> yeah. and I think that's a that's a genuine pull. But this is the one that's written and directed by Bria Grant. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this was a this movie is a, just a ton of fun. I, I, yeah, I thought it was just a, fun. It's a very enjoyable independent film. Yeah, it was uh, it was funny. It was uh, there's uh, some good gore in it. Uh, there's some uh, very likable and some very unlikable characters, which makes uh, things interesting. Uh, and yeah, it was uh, uh, it was just a lot of fun. I totally agree. And well, and uh, I think uh, oh, what's his name for as the serial killer? Uh, shit, his name's gone. Yeah, I think uh, I'm drawing a blank on the, it. The, the guy who's been arrested and he committed suicide and is in the hospital. David Arquette. Thank you. Thank David you. Arquette. Yeah, yeah. yeah. see, that's, that's one of my beefs with the movie. Is that he's obviously, he's a producer and he's barely in it. Yeah, like, but he's cool in it. Like, he's, yeah. he's in it as a bit part. I will say, um, one of the films that I, the only film I got to check out because I was so fucking busy during Fantasia was uh, You Cannot Kill David Arquette. And I just want to say that I haven't had a chance to blow that movie on here yet, but I loved you cannot kill Thanks. David Arquette. The documentary I thought it was phenomenal, and I'm a big David Arquette fan. So um, I know Jeff's gonna hate that. Or not you. There's a different <laughs> Jeff. I have a friend named Jeff Deason, and he fucking hates David Arquette. That's his own issues. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, Twelve Hour Shift was a ton of fun. So keep an eye out for that. But let's talk about what we have been seeing lately. That's just you know, outside of festival stuff. All right, but before we get into what we've been up to, let's just quickly throw out a shout out to all of the people who are sponsoring the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival this year. So who do we got this year sponsoring the film festival, John? Oh, you want me to do it? Yeah, I want you to do it. Okay, I'm doing all the other organizations. So we got so we got the Broadway so we got the Broadway Theater. We also have Eighth Street Books and Comics. 
Best Comics in the City you can pick up at 8th Street Books and Comics. We also got Bartari. Bartari was a part of uh, the film festival last year, I believe. and they, they, They've been a part of it for multiple years. For multiple they've years, yeah. Really helpful and cool. Yeah, they've been awesome. Uh, Chuckla Productions. What's Chuckla Productions? Uh, if you've seen the trailers uh, that are put together and... Uh, um, last year they did the safety rules for, or the uh, rules of the theater for us too. They put together the video that uh, we promote and show. And that was uh, one of the like that was an awesome point of last year was all the videos that were happening between the movies. So yeah. shout out Chuckla Productions. We also have the Dark Market, which is our friend Gabrielle Rose from the Dead. She has her own. Um, it's like a convention of sorts of all dark arts, just different types of artistic endeavors, and uh, super happy to have them aboard. We also have amazing stories. Uh, so it's a comic book shop on 8th Street as well. Um, so shout out Amazing Stories. I think they gave us a coupon, too, for anyone who does come and pick up the program uh, and everything. There's a coupon for... Yeah, there is a job. coupon. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so make sure you grab one of, uh, one of the programs this year because you'll have a coupon for Amazing Stories. We also have Strength Screen Printing, which is a first-time collaboration that we've had. Uh, it's a good friend of mine, Matt Cassidy. He runs his own business. He's a, He has his own screen printing company, and... Yep, this one I do know. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, John. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so if you, uh, most people might not have seen the poster yet, but if you haven't, go f- track it down. It'll be uh, on our website, on our social media, and everything. Uh, and on the poster, you can see there is a mask that the skull is wearing. We are printing up that mask. And we're, yes, about we're 200 hoping. of them to. Uh, oh, he said he was going to do it. He's going to figure out a way, I'm sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> He's a master screen printer. So, any of your screen printing needs, if you need t shirts done, any type of merchandise, down to from pens to shirts to sweaters, toques, hats, anything, this guy can do it. And I know he's extremely excited to be involved with the Saskatoon Fantastic Film yeah, Festival this I, year. I really want like the entire audience in the mask, and we're going to take some pictures. It would be great. It, it, uh, so one of the things I really like about this year, actually, is while I never sit at the back, I love the fact that everyone has to kind of spread out, and we're going to fill the theater because it's limited seating. Yep. So it's going to look full, and yep. that, which It'll is totally good. cool. <laughs> and it <laughs> would be awesome to have everyone in the crowd wearing a strength yep. screen printing uh, Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival mask. Yep. So uh, he's going to be providing, Matt's going to be providing us uh, with masks from Strength Screen Printing. We also have, oh, the Terror Table. Um, I told you I have to take that off. Yeah. <laughs> so those guys are fucking losers, but uh, they are involved this year. Uh, so check them out. We also got Glitch Gifts, the worst store in the city. By themselves, that's what they say. Yep. They, they, yeah. when, when you go to their store, they have a sign that they put out on the street and says "worst shop ever" or "worst store ever." Uh, Glitch Gifts is amazing. If you haven't been to Glitch Gifts and you live in Saskatoon, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. They're on 33rd Avenue, and it's amazing. I, it's I, such I, a great store. I feel store. they're like kind of like us as a film festival, but they're like us totally. as a store. Yeah, where they it's are. Like, look at all the weird, cool shit you get to get. Yeah, they're yeah. great. What is this, John? Oh, that's uh, Iotsi. Uh, so that is, uh, oh, now I'm going to, they're, um, I can't remember what the acronym is, but it's basically, it's the union for actors and stagehands and stuff like that. In Perfect. Yeah. In Saskatoon. Awesome. So what's their name again? Uh, it's I-A-T-S-E. I-A-T-S-E. Yeah. yeah Perfect. I- uh, we also have Bi-Auto Gato Graphics. Who? 
Yeah, that's uh, if you saw the custom illustration that's on the poster, it was uh, uh, a good friend of mine that I've worked with for many years, uh, Brian Catcher, and this is his brand new company. Uh, so go check it out on the socials. And if you need any custom graphics done, he's your guy. Totally. That I've been drilling over that poster all week. I fucking love this poster. It's amazing. And uh, last but not least, we also have Noble Plumbing and Heating, which is uh, the company I work for. Uh, I take a lot of heat on this show for uh, people being like, I talk about plumbing stuff in horror movies, but you know what? Fuck all of you. We, we all have a day job. <laughs> like we, we all do something. Um, but I know Kurt, my boss, he's very, he's very uh, excited to be involved with the film festival. And uh, he's a local guy who really cares about the city. And uh, yeah, he's just a, he's a great person to hire cool. if, you, if you're looking for stuff to get done in your place. I do have a more important question, though, now after the sponsors. Let's hear it. Were credits always this blurry? And I just don't remember. Yeah, I, we're watching a VHS of Dreamcatcher. Yeah, and and, it, and you can't even like I I seem to remember back like when I had standard def that I could actually read the credits. This would make sense why everyone just like when they see a movie they stand up the minute it's over and yeah. they leave because you can't read anything anyways. <laughs> but either way, thank you to every all of our sponsors. Obviously, we're going to be discussing them more on the show and more at the festival uh, when it's happening. But with all that being said, let's just get into it, guys. Like, what have you guys been up to in the horror realm otherwise? Like, you've been planning a film festival all year, but what have been the things that aren't related to the film festival that you've seen that have really stood out to you that you could share with our listeners? Jeff, you want to go first? Yeah, John's pointing at me, so I'm going first. (laughs) Uh, First off, I'm going to give a shout out to my girlfriend, Megan. Uh, who is totally cool with me watching a hundred movies for the festival. And in between that sitting on the couch, watching horror movies. So, uh, I just want to say thank you for that. She's a real one. <laughs> the, uh, uh, first movie I, I've, again, I've been watching tons of movies cause I can't leave the house because there's a pandemic on. So it's <laughs> kind of worked out. Um, but I want to talk about the dark and the wicked. Uh, And I'm going to read the synopsis because I do not want to give anything away. Uh, On a secluded farm in a nondescript rural town, a man is slowly dying. His family gathers to mourn and soon a darkness grows, marked by waking nightmares and a growing sense that something evil is taking over the family. Um, So this is a movie that uh, John and I watched at Fantasia. Uh, The way Fantasia was set up on the virtual uh, um, format this year was... There was films that you could pick and choose to watch anytime, and then there were certain films that were at certain times. So as soon as this movie ended, John and I were texting each other going, holy shit, Uh, it was amazing. My movie of the year, uh, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, It's going to be released in theaters November 6th. Uh, It's written and directed by Brian Bertino, uh, who also did The Strangers in 2008. He's done some stuff since then, but the monster. Yeah, we we talk about Brian Bertino a lot on the Mm terror table, and like we're big fans of his work here. So this is exciting. Yeah, I haven't seen The Dark and the Wicked yet, but uh, that's so exciting to hear both of you guys just gush over it. Really cool isolation farmland possession type movie and everything. It's dark, it's unsettling, and it's scary. It's it's my movie of the year. Was it was absolutely amazing. Awesome. Uh, something else that I, uh, I watched uh, at Fantasia, it's now available on Shutter. is Yummy uh, from Belgium. Uh, it's, uh, the tagline for this movie is facelifts, boob jobs, and zombies. So how can you go wrong? That's everything John loves. <laughs> so it, it's a zombie movie, uh, but it takes place at a hospital for plastic surgery in Eastern Europe. 
Uh, so this uh, uh, young lady is going in there to get a breast reduction surgery, and she brings her mother along, who's going to get another facelift. And her kind of um, goofy boyfriend stumbles on this woman who is uh, strapped to a table, uh, getting experimental rejuvenation treatments. Uh, and it all goes crazy from there. And it was hilarious and fun. And I texted John right after I saw it, and John was like, man. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't into it? No. Oh. Uh, my problem. Um, it's on Shutter though. Yeah, it's on Shutter. It's on Shutter I, I, now. Like, yeah. hey, if you like zombie movies and that, it's definitely check it out. If you like, I don't think it, think it succeeds. I think it misses the mark because it tries to kind of be fun and very dark at the same time, and, and which and it totally does. Yeah. yeah. And it, I don't think it succeeds uh, in that. That's my problem with it. Uh, I, I like I like some of the humor. I like some of the dark. But when you put it together, it just doesn't mesh well. Yeah. Uh, and that, which usually often I like that, but it just didn't click uh, in that. So, like, it, I didn't. It was. I, it's not something I hate. Like, I think it's worth, like, hey, if you like zombie movies, check it out. It's worth watching. But it's also something that was kind of like, yep, I saw it. Okay, now move on. And there that, we go. Jeff loves it. John is a uh, meh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, third one I want to mention is uh, Fried Barry from South Africa. It's a horror comedy sci-fi. Uh, so Barry is this kind of like abusive, kind of uh, unlikable drug addict character. And while he's on a like drug uh, bender, he gets abducted by aliens. And so the alien is experiencing Barry's world while he's high. And it's super trippy, drugs, sex, craziness lots of people didn't like it i thought it was really awesome uh it's winning a ton of awards all over uh as a place the festival circuit uh and it's based on a short which had the same kind of plot line awesome john saw that one too yeah I, that one is one that i did like it's, it's you did like it oh yeah. yeah i've heard good things about fried berry yeah you know what my middle name is what did you know what my middle name is what's your middle name is your middle name barry yep is that what the His middle name is fried that's the, <laughs> <It's> fried. <laughs> yeah, that's the john barry allison yep okay. uh yeah no it's it's i thought it was a lot of fun uh, the it's there's more to it than it seems like it is there but there actually is a bit more to it uh i think there's a lot of stuff all about people dealing with um um people who are addicted to stuff and that and it's addiction and lot, there's like it's not it's not saying a ton of stuff but it's saying enough that it makes it like okay this is not just fluff uh plus it's also like it's got some really cool humor and that and that well you told talk. me you were addicted to putting nutella on your balls <laughs> is that kind of the same type that's, of thing that's after he saw fried berry <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. very influential movie on it uh, yes <laughs> uh, and it's jam not nutella it's jam <laughs> Raspberry Jam. Raspberry Jam. <laughs> uh, and then the last one I just want to quickly mention is a movie I watched last night, uh, a Mexican movie available on Amazon Prime called uh, Lost Tenebloss. And my Mexican's not very good, so I may have mispronounced that. Uh, and it's about uh, this family who lives in isolation in this cabin, and uh, something has happened to the world where there's this dense fog that's around them all the time. So they're very isolated, uh, and it's super dark, super depressing. Um, not a great movie to watch in 2020. Uh, I had to watch some comedies afterwards after that, uh, but really, really interesting and really well done once it comes together. That sounds like my kind of thing. I'm gonna, so how do you spell Tanablas? Uh, T-I-N-I-E-B-L-A-S. Okay. Uh, it means the darkness. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to write that one down on my list because I like depressing shit. John, what have you my, been up to? Mine's more boring. Uh, I watched Event Horizon. 
Event Horizon. Yep. And uh, that's why that's why you've been on that dominatrix kick. Yep. <laughs> it fits right in. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if it's come out yet, uh, but there's a 4K release. Is it coming from Shout? Yeah, it's but not it's out been yet. it's delayed, yeah. yeah it's and not out I yet. heard about that back in the spring, and I was like, no, I'm going to hold off, going to hold off. And then it was like, no, I want to just take a break from festival stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go see if it's available. It's not available. So I watched it on like Amazon Prime or something yeah. like that. Some Sam Neill sci-fi yeah. horror action. Yep. It's like uh, The Shining in space, but I, makes less sense. I really wish they would actually find all the lost stuff that's missing from it. I think it would yeah. be really cool. Uh, I still love that movie, but it does have issues. Oh, totally. Like, like there's a lot of it doesn't make sense, but it's still so visually stunning. Yeah, and uh, like I love the whole design of the gate, uh, the drive, and everything like that. And same, even like the just the they aren't running around with weapons, but they do actually find some stuff that's weapons that they can use and fight yeah. and off. Um, the my biggest gripe with it is the one guy who gets sent off into space and then manages to make it back uh, and everything. Uh, I think they should have just... Spoiler alert. It's old. (laughs) (laughs) It's old. Like, we're not on a new movie here. Are you talking about Lawrence Fishburne? Nope. Uh, He is the the person responsible for their, like, the when there's a problem, he goes in and fixes it. Uh, Uh, A DJ? I think that was uh, Lucius Malfoy. No, no. Not Lucius. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's remember, been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, I remember seeing that in the theater. And one thing I do remember is that one of the jump scares, the guy behind me got so scared, he dropped his giant freaking pop <laughs> yeah. on the ground. And so then I had to like stand, sit and pop for the rest of the night. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a creepy, disturbing movie. And it, uh, I, like the ending, once everything kind of goes to hell. Uh, and that is like, I love the makeup for them and that and what they do and kind of. Uh, but yeah, no, like overall, like it's a really fun watch. Yeah. It's something that I think like when it came out, it did just totally bomb. But then now it is, like it's building that cult. Totally. Back it's up Paul W.S. Anderson film. Yeah. So he's done all the Resident Evil movies and uh, the upcoming Monster Hunter uh, and Mortal Kombat. And yeah, that movie came out in 1997. So I would have still had foreskin then. <laughs> it wasn't until 2004 where I lost that. Oh, yeah. Screen Factory pushes the release to 2021. Really? Yeah. What a bummer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Event Horizon. What else you got, John? Uh, what else I got? Uh, let's see. The other one, uh, I'll mention uh, probably a couple more, but uh, one that I really liked that I've only just started uh, is horror adjacent a little bit, kind of. Uh, Perpetual Grace Limited. Uh, it's on uh, American TV uh, Epics uh, is the station uh, in that. It's Ben Kingsley, uh, Jimmy Simpson. He's uh, he's the guy who looks like John Boy from the Waltons. On uh, I know who uh, Jimmy Simpson is. Yeah, he like um, basically it's uh, you got a young guy. He's a con man who is going to come back and arrange for kind of a rich oh, pastor. Yeah, this guy's great. He's yeah. been in a bunch of stuff yeah. that we talked about recently. Yeah, but he's the con man. He's coming back to basically rip off this pastor and his wife. Uh, by pretending to be uh, their kid after he gets them arrested across the Mexican border. The pastor is Ben Kingsley. Oh, and that, great actor. Yeah, and it played like he's a pastor and all this kind of nice nice guy and stuff like that. And then when they, the first episode, that's where I, how far I'm at. 
by the end of the first episode, Ben Kingsley has been arrested as in Mexico in this like kind of prison type thing. And the final scene is the cop coming in and Ben Kingsley and his wife have just murdered the guy who was just a, like kind of the thug in the thing. So you have like, I have a feeling this is going to turn into uh, Ben Kingsley from... Uh, Iron Man 3. No. <laughs> Sexy, Sexy Beast. beast. Sexy uh, Beast. And that. And it's, go- it's a crime thriller uh, type thing. So yeah. it's not really horror, but it's got the it's going to be crime thrills, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, Jimmy and, Simpson, he's from Stay Alive, a film that Kyle, Kyle Zervinsky has watched twice this year. <laughs> the only one. Uh, but yeah, no, Luis Guzman and stuff like that. Like the first episode was really cool. Uh, I've heard it's not been picked up for a second season, but they're going to do like a, a limited wrap up for it and yeah. everything so uh yeah i really i really dug the first episode and that and i'm looking forward to checking the rest out perfect and that uh and then we'll go i want to do one more from fantasia just something else that uh, i think people should see uh and they get a chance to um let's uh do 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 uh i'm just scrolling through my list uh, so i watched 50 movies at fantasia uh in that you're just randomly picking one from yeah I'm picking one, one, one from fantasia the crazy one. samurai nope uh <laughs> so that one uh so uh, i'll talk about it. like that one crazy samurai musashi um if you are into action movies it's a one cut uh, it's from the director of Versus, I believe. Uh, it's a one, no, sorry, like one, one scene, no cuts. Uh, samurai fighting 400 and something guys. Yeah. Uh, and that, uh, I wasn't a big fan. I think it technically it's really cool. The movie kind of meh, uh, not so much. Uh, but the one, no, the one I wanted to actually. It was talk. amazing. I'm just going to throw in there. The you, 70, you loved it. 77 minute no edit scene, one take. Oh, this is that one. Yeah. So Jeff liked this one more than you. Uh, my problem with it is you can really tell. Oh, this is the guy in the brown hat. This is the guy in the green hat. Okay, the guy in the brown hat is going to get hit on the head. The guy in the green hat is going to get hit, killed on the chest. The guy like, and you could see the pattern, and like, it's like technically. It is impressive. Like, it is. But it's also, like, after 15 minutes, I didn't need the other 60 minutes of it to, like, okay, he's still going. Uh, The ending, actually, I thought the ending was really cool because then they actually, oh, you know what? Now he's a bit older. He's on this island, and some guys attack him, and it's with all the cuts. And it's a totally different film style and everything, and that really worked for me, that fight. The rest of it, not so much. Uh, But if you're into action you want to experience uh, no, the one I wanted to mention was Hunted. Um, so, I've heard about this one. Yeah, Hunted was really cool. Uh, and that, it's... Uh, With Benito Del Toro and nope. Tommy Lee Jones? Nope. <laughs> do you remember that movie? Uh, it's called Hunted. I do actually remember yeah, I saw it. that I think in the I did theater. see it. I saw that in the theater. Right. It's got like 7% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a lot different. Um, I don't have the synopsis. I don't have the actors and stuff in front of me or anything like that. But it's basically a woman who's out at a bar. She's kind of just killing the night and stuff doing stuff she's kind of on the outs with her boyfriend and that uh meets this guy the things turn bad creepy right away after they kind of hook up a little bit but not fully uh and so they end are up are we talking just fingering then or what <laughs> like when you say that <laughs> pretty, like what, pretty what, close. Are you, what are you meaning here it's john pretty b allison clo- pretty, pretty close <laughs> but it's in the back alley and uh, so they don't Hand really job yeah okay um <laughs> so but they end up uh he ends up kidnapping her and that and everything and her and this other guy are out in the uh him and this other guy are out in the woods basically hunting her um 
And there's another movie that came out called Alone, which I wasn't a real big fan of. Right, uh, I've heard. And it's the same yep. style thing, except for this. Like, Alone is very straightforward. If you want some action, you're going to get the action. Hunted plays it like a fable. She has this almost connection with nature. There's a lot going on with the people she meets on the way. There's animals involved. It's kind of this weird, like, it's not a fairy tale or anything like that, but it has this weird feeling to it. Cool. Uh, and that. And it's, it's a straight-up horror movie that is, like, it's cool with all this weird kind of nature stuff brought into it uh, and her surviving and fighting back and everything and just where it all goes. So it was, it was something different uh, yeah. and that with really strong female lead and that, that I just really dug the movie. Awesome. Yep. Cool. Is that everything you got? I could do a whole ton more, but yeah, that's good enough unless you want me to okay. do more. No, that's fine. We're at an hour and 42. So I'm going to knock off three that I've seen that, uh, I thought you guys might find interesting, but um, I'm going to go in order of, like, chronological order upon year of release. So starting with 1968, Witchfinder General, otherwise known as The Conqueror Worm, uh, which is a Vincent Price movie. I picked up the Scream Factory Vincent Price collection recently, and on that thing it has a bunch of great movies. As soon as we're done tonight, I'm going to be watching The Mask of the Red Death, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, But I was promised Witchfinder General as one of Vincent Price's craziest movies, and I can confirm this movie's fucking crazy. So the synopsis is, a young soldier seeks to put an end to the evils caused by a vicious witch hunter when the latter terrorizes his fiancée and kills her uncle. Um, so this is an, it's an incredible film. Vincent Price plays an absolutely despicable character, and uh, you just can't take your eyes off of him the whole time. Uh, The energy and pace of this film is honestly staggering for 68. Uh, I think it's extremely upsetting. It's extremely upsetting to watch at times, uh, thus making it a phenomenal witch film. Like, this is a really good witch film if someone's out there wanting to see, like, a a realistic take on a witch tale. Uh, But, yeah, this movie was extremely upsetting at times. But I'd be surprised if I saw... I've heard that Vincent Price goes darker in Mask of the Red Death. From some people, and then some people have told me Witchfinder General's as dark as he gets. And I'm honestly gonna be shocked if he can go any darker than Witchfinder General because it is a it's a crazy movie, and but it's also just it's very good, very entertaining, holds up very well. So I highly recommend checking out that. I saw it in the uh, theater when it was brand new. You did? Yeah. In '68. Yeah. Oh my God, Jeff. No, you did not. <laughs> 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 I'm like, what the hell? I was about to say, I'm like, fuck, you're so much older than I thought. Because <laughs> it's 68. No, no, I did not. No. Yeah, it's a great movie, though. It's a part of the Vincent Price collection, which you can still pick up from Scream Factory. I highly recommend picking that up. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is from 1971, and that is Let's Scare Jessica to Death. So this is a movie I was talking to you guys about after we finished 12-Hour Shift. We were just, like, sitting around the... Broadway theater lobby. We were talking about horror movies and uh, let's scare Jessica to death was a first time viewing for me this year. Have you guys both seen this? Nope. I I flagged it to go watch it coming up right next because you talked about it. Okay. So you've never seen, have you seen it, Jeff? I've seen it many years ago, not new in the theater, but many years. ago. Yeah. Do you remember liking it? I, I remember certain scenes of it, but uh, I don't really remember much yeah. more than that. Yeah. Cause this is a, it's a different one, especially for 1971, but the synopsis is, A recently institutionalized woman has bizarre experiences after moving into a supposedly haunted country farmhouse and fears she may be losing her sanity once again. So this was directed by John Hancock, and it was his first feature film. This isn't, uh, obviously, the signature John Hancock. It's a different person, John. (laughs) Um, But uh, 
the best thing about this movie okay so i love this thing i this is one i've been hearing about for years and years and years on podcasts and i just have never had access to it this has been one that so when i went to sunrise records and i saw they had it for sale i paid 35 bucks for the blu-ray and uh i know that's insane but i was like hey this is a movie i've been wanting to see for a long time so i bought it um hoping i would like it and fuck i am relieved to say i loved it i love this movie um, but I will add a caveat to this is that Courtney and I, when we do watch movies, we like watching with the English subtitles on, even if it's an English language film, we just like hearing, we like not missing a moment of the story. And that's uh, I do recommend doing that for this movie because the audience gets to listen to the inner monologue of a woman who is believed to, she, she's believed to have had psychological issues at this point. So you, you hear her inner monologue, and I think it's really, it adds a layer to it when you can read what the whispers in her head are saying. Because, of course, not every time you're going to be able to hear it. Um, but I really, I really loved it. I think, I think it's a very smart and psychologically rich horror movie. Uh, you can see its inspiration that it had on the genre, like, throughout, especially movies that I've grown up loving. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that this is, like, the original A24 movie, so, like, you know, A24 has been putting on Midsummer, The Witch, Hereditary, all of those like art house, you know, heavy quotes, art house horror movies that have been getting theatrical releases. Um, I can totally see where where those people are coming from by saying that this is like the original A24 movie. Um, I think the shit was very much my thing. Like, this is just what I like. So it just worked for me very well. I, I loved it. Um I think it's it's pulled like a lot of my fa- I, while I was watching it, I could realize that a lot of my favorite movies of the last couple of years, even the last like 10, 15 years have pulled inspiration from this thing, even including Jacob's Ladder, like shit yes. like that. I'm, I'm curious if if it was released now, do you think people would like it? Because I'm. I'm looking like I looked at when you mentioned it, I went and looked and it's like the reviews are pretty bad. Yes, but well, you're also I'm gonna, relating it to which and <laughs> I'm going to say that uh, the price you paid for it is higher than its Rotten Tomatoes rating. I could entirely agree with that. What's the Rotten Tomatoes rating on this thing? Thirty. Yeah, it's oh, just yeah, bit, there you go. okay. But but also I think I think this is a movie that's way far ahead of its time. Yeah. I do think I do think that, and I I think like people have they have good reason for not liking it. It just it clicked with me. I really enjoyed the psychological elements of it, and I can understand why Stephen King has said that this is. Uh, granted, the guy says everything is the scariest movie of all time, but he has said that this is the scariest movie he's ever seen. I would not go even remotely close to that. I would just say that this is a really effective psychological horror movie. I think a lot of the stuff that we have learned from psychological horror movie horror movies in the last 30, 40 years have been loosely inspired, at least somewhat, from Let's Scare Jessica to Death. And I, I think it definitely is... De- it, I'm personally saying that it's deserving of its praise from all of the podcasts I've heard of people talking about this movie saying like, this is one of the best movies that no one has seen, or like this is the one that like people misunderstood. I do think that, um, but I, it's a it's definitely not a movie for everybody. Well, there's something to be said for also watching something that has had an impact, even if it's like not the best movie or not. Yeah. Like, because then it's like, well, what? what it's was the it's dealing with it? t- well, it's dealing with very touchy subjects. So I can understand some people being you know wary of that as well, but. Personally, I'm just saying that if you have a chance to see Let's Scare Jessica to Death and you generally like psychological horror movies, it is a very slow movie, but it's I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think the payoff is well worth it. I, 
I really fucking loved it. Like, I really loved it. So I'm happy I didn't see that Rotten Tomato score because, like, <laughs> I entirely disagree with that. Well, I, Rotten Tomatoes is not the best. Well, I'm sure Peter that. Travers didn't like it, the guy who <laughs> likes fucking everything. But all right. So, and the last one I'm going to talk about was uh, Kronos from 1993. Nice. Okay, I like this. One. Have you guys both seen Kronos? Yeah. All right. So the synopsis of this one is. A mysterious device designated to provide its owner with eternal life resurfaces after 400 years, leaving a trail of destruction in its path. So, this is Guillermo del Toro's first feature film, and in my opinion, it's the type of movie that just, like, it still just, like, oozes the excitement that you could get out of seeing a seminal phase in an auteur's story. And I feel like, because this is his first movie, and you can totally see his style across the board in this thing and then like while it might not be entirely i wouldn't say that it's entirely successful or even close to one of his best movies i think that this is just a really inventive and heartfelt uh beautifully told story it's a really cool twisted take on the vampire subgenre something that's been you know we've seen so many different types of vampire movies at this point i do feel like chrono stands out as a different type of vampire film uh, so I like it for that reason. If you are someone who um, uh, subscribes to the Criterion channel, you could. I know it's available on there. I have my Criterion collection, which I bought a couple years ago, and I just hadn't pulled the trigger on watching it again until uh, this past weekend. And I just loved it. I think this thing shows how unique of a style and uh, voice that Guillermo del Toro has. And it's cool going back to his first feature, and now seeing that, yeah. he, you know, the Academy Award winning Guillermo del Toro, it's exciting seeing where he came from and where he started. And you can totally see it. His DNA is all over this thing. Uh, can't stand Ron Perlman. Oh, you can't? <laughs> no, I, he sucks. He's terrible. So it's been so long since I've seen it. Now he's good in this movie because he's good at being oh, this character. Okay. You don't like Ron Perlman. No. Okay. It's no. not him in the movie. I love him as Hellboy too, though. Yeah. Like, I think he's a great Hellboy. Like, I think Guillermo knows what to do with him. Uh, but I have seen him be an atrocious actor outside of this. Um, I'm sure the guy's been working forever. So, like, I'm sure he has tons of stuff that I haven't seen that he's great in. Um, I'm just referring to stuff like Sons of Anarchy and, like, you know, like... <laughs> Dungeon, stuff, Dungeon Siege. Dungeon Siege, yeah. And um, <laughs> it's Season of the Witch with Nicolas Cage. Like, I have seen a lot of bad Ron Perlman movies. Um, but he definitely fits the role in this movie. But I, yeah, man, I loved Kronos watching yeah, it again. I seem to remember, like, I really liked him in it. Yeah, he's and good in it. Yeah. He's good. I, I love the the old man, the tale of the old man, and everything. Oh yeah, and, it's and it gets gory and bloody. It's very classy, very classic. Uh, there's a lot of practical effects in it. Some of them are shoddy, but you at least appreciate that they're going for it. And uh, yeah, that's what I love about it. This was before Guillermo ex like got to uh, explore the world of CGI, which I love because <laughs> Guillermo has been fucked by the world of CGI. Um, not entirely. I, I still like, I like a lot of his new stuff. I like most of the stuff Guillermo puts out, but uh, it was cool revisiting Kronos in October 2020. So when I went and saw uh, Pan's Labyrinth, I went with some friends. While we were there, there was a kid. I can't remember if I told you the story before. There was a little kid, like three-year-old, whatever, running up and down the aisle behind us. And that. In Pan's Labyrinth? In that Pan's would drive me Labyrinth. fucking nuts. At the end of the movie. <laughs> I would have bottled that kid in the face yeah, like in Pan's Labyrinth. The, after the movie, when the parents got up and everyone, someone, other people got up, someone turned around like, why did you bring that? And the, the mom basically looked at the, the person saying it and said, 
what should I do? Kill him? <laughs> fortunately, the person who got kept getting hit was my friend, not me. So, oh like, my god, it, that's like, amazing! But it was just like, what the hell? That's one of the best responses I've ever. What should I do? Kill him? Yeah. How about hire a babysitter? Yeah, <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I, it was like, the, the, I love that movie. I love, I love all the oh, yeah, yeah. stuff, but it was just like, what? Pan's Labyrinth. I will say, there are people, I got to set this straight, though. There are people out there who are going to argue that Pan's Labyrinth isn't his best movie. It is by far his best movie. I personally think. And the last time you guys were on, we read uh, Guillermo del Toro fan fiction. Yes. So. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Shape of Water. Uh, Shape of Water fucking sucks compared to Pan's yeah. Labyrinth. Um, I'm blanking on the name of it. The ghost story in... Uh, Devil's Soul. Backbone. Yeah. So good. Yeah. That's the second for me. <laughs> yep. Devil's Backbone's number two. But either way, that's everything. Uh, that's what I've watched in the last couple of days. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on again and talking about this. I hope people enjoy listening to this. I hope it excites people for the upcoming Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival. Is there anything you guys want to talk about before we leave? Uh, if anyone does want tickets, they're, uh, they'll be on sale at the door, uh, but we'll also do passes. Uh, the theater's limited to about 100 people. Uh, so I'd recommend if you want, like if you're going to come to a bunch, get the pass yeah. uh, and guarantee. And we're going to have it arranged so that the people with passes will get in early uh, first. And that, but if you show up late, the, we might sell your ticket and that and everything and that. So it's not a guarantee, like it's a guaranteed seat as long as you're there on time uh, and that. So, like, because that way we can fill the theater each time. So just yeah. make sure you come come on time for the movie and everything. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I just want to say thank you, Mitch, for having us back on. Uh, and, uh, if any listeners want to hear John and I ramble on again, just let Mitch know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm always down to let these fucking geezers on. <laughs> it's great. No, I love having you guys on here and I'm so excited for this year. It's going to be awesome. As someone who's seen most of the movies that we're playing this year, it's going to be a great year. It might be a smaller year. It might be a little bit different than what we're used to. It's going to be an awesome year of new movies okay. and, uh, people have worked really hard on comprising this list. Uh, so thank you guys so much for coming on again and uh, we will see you guys next time do you guys want to plug any socials like let's say Facebook Instagram Twitter SK Film Fest it's, it's always SK Film Fest uh, and that there is an SK Film Fest 99 just ignore that uh, I haven't figured out how to get rid of it because I don't know what email address it's tied to <laughs> is that the one from 1999 I don't know what I was doing <laughs> you're a Gretzky fan weren't you <laughs> no Leafs all the way yeah I couldn't, um, couldn't see John being a huge Gretzky fan no, no Leafs <laughs> Um, Fuck the leaves. <laughs> yeah. Look for the look for the accounts that have uh, posts on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. post nineteen ninety nine. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that. Uh, but yeah, no, like SK Film Fest everywhere uh, on that, and yeah, and you guys are gonna pick up the, all the stuff that I don't do on all the other social, so I can sit there on Facebook and like read other people's posts and yeah, and be just old. just add John Allison on Facebook, send him pictures of your nuts or your junk <laughs> or whatever you want. Jeff on Instagram though, you're the underscore how many times? Uh, three or four, whatever I could get. <laughs> the yeah. Drake. Yeah. He's the underscore Drake. So um, Jeff is the original Drake, if people are wondering. Yes. Um, that is, that's you. All right. Okay. Well, we'll see you guys next time on the Terror Table. And I uh, hope to see everyone out at the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival in 2020. See you later, everybody.